What's Your Position podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. You told me you couldn't believe in somebody who didn't believe in you. I believe in you. Always believed in you. Just didn't believe in me. I love you. Always. And now your host, Ashley Weller. Welcome, fellow humans. I know what that's from. Yes, I think you I do. I do. I believed in you. Oh, I can hear his voice when he says it. It's a dude. Uh, give me a hint. Uh, there's a color in the title. 80s movie. Chicks pretty in pink. Pretty in pink. Pretty in pink. Pretty in pink. Woo. Welcome, fellow I was, humans. I was a little worried that you weren't going to get <laughs> no, that. No, I got did it. You, did, did you, you know? know it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> fuck no. <laughs> That's a good answer. Yeah. No. We haven't no. introduced him yet. No. Uh, welcome, everyone, to What's Your Position podcast. On this episode, we're talking to my favorite human on the planet. I've talked about him probably in every single episode. I talk about him every day. It's a dude, isn't it? <laughs> It's a dude. It's a dude. It's wow. almost like obnoxious sometimes. It's not. But I totally get it because I, I get it. It's husband Kevin Weller. Yay! Yay! Thank you. Thank I've, you for uh, finally coming on my show. Yes. I've been biding my time. <laughs> I feel like it was the right time. Now that we're popular, now you want to come you on? You want to see if this is a yeah, serious thing or just like, some stupid <laughs> hobby she had? Right, exactly. I was like, oh, no, no. And then Qatar joined the mix and he was like, fuck, yeah, I got to like, get on there. Wow, we're worldwide and this is i gotta be worldwide. a part of this well i'm grateful that you have decided to join us and today we're actually going to talk about our relationship we're going to talk about how it started and we're going to talk about some of the battles that we've been through and we are going to look at some tips uh, that i researched for a happy and healthy marriage and we're going to see if those apply to us and um we've been together for almost 16 years yeah february 1st will be 16 16 years and uh uh 17 years 16 16 16 16 years years. six years wait a second yeah because this year was five years married you're right we got married when we've been together for 10 years which actually leads me to my statistic of the day um so Husband, when Mm -hmm. I do my podcast, I typically give a statistic at the beginning and I make the guest and the producer guess the answer and also the listener. And then I don't tell you until the end of the show. I accidentally did that to my brother, Robert. And because you weren't here, (laughs) I forgot to give the statistic at the end. Ah, Sure. A few cocktails into a little bit. So here is this your tip of the day? No, no. This is is my statistic of the day. Um, So. Question, those who wait to get married until after the age of 25 are what percent less likely to get divorced? We all know that 50% of marriages end in divorce, unfortunately. Um, But if you wait until you are after the age of 25, what percent less likely are you to get divorced? Guest always goes first. Uh, I'd say 
I mean, it's got to increase quite a bit. I think um, the older you get, the wiser you get. I would agree with that. <laughs> and a little more experience you have uh, in that game. I'd say uh, 60%. 60% less likely to get divorced. It's funny. That was the number I was thinking of. Um, Twinners. I'll go a little higher than it. I'll go 75%. Okay, perfect. Right. I will give you the answer at the end of the show. I'm excited because I feel like um, that's something in the United States that... What's the, what age Not you guys get married? Great. I know we're going to dive in. 33. So there you go. You, they, you guys were way over 25. Mm-hmm. We were. And yeah. we actually had dated for 10 years before we got married. And well, we'll get into this in a minute. But there was uh, reasons that we told our parents we wanted to wait. And then there was the <laughs> yeah. actual reason that we waited. So right. uh, we, we waited for a specific reason. 10 years to us seemed like a good number. Right. And I, I wouldn't change it. Why, why put pressure on ourselves? Right. Yeah, it, it, it was not worth that. It wasn't worth the pressure. So um, moving straight into my tip of the day. Tip of the day. Of all of the websites that I went to that suggested how one could improve their love life, improve their relationship, both in the long term and the short term, I went to five different websites, Psychology Today, American Psychiatric Association, a couple different, uh, Very Well Mind, I love that website, Um, and all of them had like 15 different tips to help you improve your relationship. Every single one of them said, know your partner's love language. And for the listener and possibly you two that don't know what this is, the five love languages are a book um, and a psychological kind of uh, way of looking at relationships. I'm pretty sure it's Italian, French, (laughs) Latin, Latin, Spanish is probably in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know Russian? what you're talking about. Not no, Russian. fuck the Russian. <laughs> no, Russian. Not, not English. It's not, a, it's not a very pretty no, language. Sorry, you said books? What, say it again? One of the most common relationship issues that people face today is the struggle to express love in an intentional and meaningful way to someone else. And everyone wants to show their partner that they care. But many people struggle to do so in a way that actually speaks to their partner. Because most of us are selfish when we express love. We express love in the way that we want to feel love. So it's really important for you to discover what your partner's love language is. And then try and do things for your partner in that language. Because it's not about how you want to receive love. It's about how your partner wants to receive love. So the five love languages are words of affirmation. So that could be um, praise, appreciation. They enjoy kind words of encouragement, uplifting quotes, love notes, cute text messages. I mean, honestly, I love those things yeah, a lot. Those right. are those are great things. Quality time is the next one. And I just found out today that that is husband's love language because he took the quiz before we started this. So he enjoys um, spending time, undivided attention, <laughs> <laughs> which is so true. Yeah. Uh, putting down the cell phone, turning off the tablet, making eye contact, actively listening. People with this love language are looking for quality over quantity. So when you get together, they need to feel loved and that you are present and focused on them. Affirm what they're saying and refrain from offering advice. <laughs> <laughs> all of the things right physical touch 
A person with this love language feels loved through physical affection. Aside from sex, those who receive physical touch as their primary love language feel affection when their partner shows it like holding their hand, touching their arm, giving them a massage, slapping their ass, all of those things. Cuddling. Acts of service. This is my love language. His face right now. (laughs) He's shocked. But you're going to get it when I tell you. When someone's primary love language is acts of service, they feel loved and appreciated when people do nice things for them. Whether it's helping with the dishes, putting gas in the car, little acts of service go straight to a person's heart. They love when people do little things for them and often can be found doing little things for others. Yes. Receiving... Hold on. Is... So that's your <clears throat> if that's your love language. Is that you doing those things or is the person doing that to you? So that'd be I, people doing that for you. I want people to do that for me. Gotcha. That's how I feel the most loved is when Kevin uh, does the dish. Like yesterday we did a whole bunch of home improvement shit. And I think I said thank you a thousand times because he <laughs> sanded a wall. And I was like, I just really <laughs> fucking appreciate that you sanded this wall for me. And I didn't even have to ask. And he was like, Yeah, no problem, babe. I'm like, no, it is really nice. Well, this is guy stuff anyways. I should be doing this. Yeah, right. But yeah, I could say the same thing that goes for you. Like you love taking care of your husband. I really do. You, you, yeah. So I could see. That is, yeah. It's monkey see, monkey do. Like you were saying with the love. But I'm being selfish. You're showing what, you're doing stuff that what you want. He wants time. I want things. She's also teaching. I'm also teaching. This is how I would like but I, I always thought it was the weirdest thing when we first started dating. She wanted to cook me dinner, and I was like, "Mom, nah, I don't do that." Like, because in my world, my parents never liked to cook, and it was like mm. a chore, right? So when she would try to cook for me, I was like, "No, let's go out to dinner," because it always was like a chore to me. But she was like, "She's all no, let me no seriously cook for Cooking you." Cooking food is how I show love. But that was one of your love. <laughs> I can that's your it. love language because it's like <laughs> you're good at it, yeah. and. Um, you're like, you know, let me do this for you. Yeah. And, you know, and I think that was always something that was, it makes sense. Weird to me. But I don't if, know if that's a bad cook, luckily Kevin or Kevin, Ashley's a really good cook. You're, Kevin, you're probably, yeah. Kevin is a bad cook. Kevin can't cook Kevin, toast. I, dude, <laughs> I just randomly turned on. Wow. Whoa. Welcome to the conversation, Alexa. Alexa. Alexa's on Creeper. Wow. The last one is receiving gifts. A person whose love language is receiving gifts, gift giving is symbolic of love and affection in their mind. They treasure not only the gift itself, but also the effort that was put into it. What's more, they do not necessarily expect large or expensive gifts. The love language of receiving gifts is more what's behind the gift that appeals to them. Robert, what do you think you are out of all those? Um... Now what, that I've what heard, I expect, right? What, how you feel the most loved? Um, I think physical, the physical, physical touch. You know, mm-hmm. holding the hands, yeah, cuddling, yeah, just touching me, yeah, in a weird, not sexual, <laughs> just, 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 just touch, touch me, touch rub, me. rubbing the back. That's yeah. always a good. I mean, every every guy likes a good back, back scratch. scratch or a yeah. rub. Yeah, actually, back scratches. I I die when i get back scratches those are the best is, i get those like once yeah. a month and they're like it's like i'm a dog and my leg keeps going it's amazing yeah. uh, but that is one thing that i found was consistent throughout all the websites that i looked at as far as how to have a good long lasting relationship is know how your partner wants to be loved and understanding that just because your love language is physical touch doesn't mean that's their love language so right. learning how yeah. to love your partner the way they want to be learning. loved Learning, learning is a great oh god because when we first started dating i mean i i 
don't think I had it figured out at all. Well, we were I'm 20 fucking two. Yeah, so. no. But it, it's it's funny because I look back at some of the things that I would fight. I would fight like the, the like the lovey-dovey stuff, especially yeah. like in front of friends. Oh, yeah. Because that wasn't something that I was like, not that I didn't want to do, but it just I wasn't used to it. You yeah. Know? And I and now it's like, fuck them. <laughs> right exactly people i think people dog us sometimes or they are they're like oh yeah that's so cute oh, look at the wellers Ugh. right but i yeah i mean that it's you know it's kind of like any place anytime yeah i'll hold your hand i'll grab your ass yeah. any day yeah all right so now that we've done the statistic of the day and the tip of the day kevin weller i'd like you to tell the listener a little bit about yourself where were you born where'd you grow up who's your family who's your parents what was it like in your house talk to us tell us about yourself all right uh yeah pretty pretty boring stuff but um i grew up in uh, huntington beach california um, hb bro hb <coughs> um uh a, a hold on a second some people that live on the other side of the country think huntington beach is like this right wing maga central we're not that huntington beach I, that's some a different people who live on just, the other side I was of the country just about think to go into that because oh, i was yeah. i grew up at think like there's a lot of people that they were like, oh, Huntington Beach is this like skinhead, ultra, ultra Republican, conservative, like crazy place. And like, it, I mean, it's Surf City, USA. I mean, yep. Um, that's, that's what I grew up. Th- I wanted to live right. in Huntington Beach my whole life growing I th- up. I think there was a stigma and there was some stuff that happened back in the 80s. And I'm sure it still happens. I mean, there's still a lot of idiots that live in Huntington Beach. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> we live next door it's, to it's one. A, it's, yeah, no, right, exactly. It's like it's a city that you love to hate because um, there's so many cool things here. I mean, the beach is amazing. Um, there's cool stuff to do. It's in a really, you know, great place to be able to get to a lot of different things. The mountains are, you know, a couple hours away, um, so you can go snowboarding. I mean, you can go camping, um, and then again, you got the beach, like one of the nicest beaches I think, you, and great waves. And we live a mile from the beach and when i was a little girl all i wanted to do was live in huntington beach that's all i ever wanted so when i met kevin and he was like i've lived in huntington beach my whole life i was like cool there's my husband right (laughs) well i was no i was like it was funny because i had friends that lived in like the surrounding cities in huntington beach when we were in high school they would say oh yeah or like if we met girls oh yeah they'd be like oh yeah we live in huntington beach when they lived in Costa Mesa or Fountain Valley or other places because Stanton. Yeah. Right. You don't admit that. When people in LA ask where I'm from, I don't say Garden Grove because they don't, they either they go, Oh, this is a blind song. Okay. Right. Or they don't know where that is. So I go, I'm next to Disneyland. I'm in Anaheim. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. I, I tell a lot of people Anaheim. Cause yeah. I know yeah. That. yeah. Right. And it's true. Yeah. I mean, some people know Huntington Beach. Some people don't. Um, I don't know. I think, I mean, I love it here. It's an amazing city. It's a, it's changed a lot in the past, you know, a couple decades, but, um, still amazing place and i mean i'm so, i told my parents when i was like growing up um i was like thank you mom and dad for you know raising me in huntington beach like <laughs> right? i got like street cred because of it <laughs> and you know the beach is hot chicks like what what, what else, else could a need? young man yeah, want? what else do i need so who are your parents so uh my who parents are those people yeah um terry and jennifer weller i love them so much yes you do they, then they love you more than they love me i that's like not true. from like the first time they met you, I was like, wow, I'm like just third wheel in this <laughs> situation. Now it's like my parents were just I mean, I think they were just so happy. They're like, oh, my God, my our son has got a, a, a female in his life that is an amazing person. And she's going to make sure that he doesn't 
fuck everything up. It's so. <laughs> not a dirtbag crazy right. lady. <clears throat> so, um, but yeah, my dad uh, was, I mean, amazing guy. Um, he was, you know, in the Marines, went to Vietnam, and then he came back home and he's like, oh, I'm going to be a cop. And just decided to be a police officer for Terry Weller is, is an amazing human being. Yeah. Robert, you want to chime in here? Uh, amazing golfer. Uh, <laughs> not amazing, but I love playing golf with him. Right. None yeah, of us. He's, getting, he's yeah. freaking 73 and he's starting to get closer to hitting into the low 80s. And I'm like, yeah, you're a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, us three aren't good golfers, but <laughs> every once in a while we'll get a hold of one. And Terry, man, he, he yeah. can get a you can get a hold of one. Um, Him and his dad shoes. I have. Yeah. I relate more with my political views with Terry than I have. I have with my both of my dads combined. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Him and I both hate Trump to our yep. core, and I love Terry for that. Yeah. No, my dad. Yeah, and he's and it's weird. I mean, I, I don't. Especially know as, to, sorry, as, as a Marine, a cop, and a guy lives in Huntington Beach yep. to hate. He is a. <laughs> yeah. He's not a. He's re- the minority. He's not a liberal or a Republican. No. That man truly votes on his values, and he, he really does. He votes with his heart and not who's on the ticket, and he's such an upstanding respectable honest caring man that when i met him i was like oh my god that is who raised my future husband like that's fucking exciting (laughs) i think me as as a a moral being and just as a human if it was anybody else if my parents were anybody else and they were bad or they were like not great parents i would have definitely who knows i don't know where you'd be because i mean yeah i mean he were you a hellion oh my god i was dude I can't remember how many times, I mean, police talked to me when I was, I don't know, probably as early as seven or eight years old. Like, for what? Just getting into mischief and trouble and not doing. Did you pull the my dad's a cop card? No, because at that time he wasn't a cop. I mean, uh, he was a cop for a couple of decades, and then he decided that's not what he wanted to do. But I remember, like, I always tell people this. I'm like, I had older friends, and I was very impressionable. Like, if you think about if you're an eight year old hanging out with like an 11 or 12 year old and they want to get in, tr- you know, they want to get into mischief. Like yeah. I was always, believe me, I never said no. <laughs> so like, I remember we went to a nursery and we stole a bunch of plants. <gasps> Where are they? They're Jesus. probably, can I have them? No. Damn it. They, no. Um, they, we had, to give they them were back. stolen. Yeah. We had to give them back. <laughs> had to give them back. Um, but yeah, I remember, you know, the cops coming in, like, you know, talking to me about that and, you're a little shitbag. How, how many bones eight. did you break? All of them? I don't know, man. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> skateboarding or just mischief? Everything. Yeah. I mean, from skateboarding to you were pretty good skateboarder, right? You were sponsored? Yeah, sponsored by Vans. At what age? Uh, 13 to 15. It's pretty cool, man. Yeah. For any skateboarders who listen, he lived across the street his whole life from the... Basic pool. From the basic pool. One of the first skate pools in California. You would know it from the Good Charlotte music video. Oh my God. <laughs> or the, um, what was the other one? The, what was the other one? Uh, Cottonmouth Cotton Kings, Kings oh. did a video bump, too. The he got to, video. He Another got to see a porn star in person. Two. In the, two. Claudia Chase in Houston. Wow, the fact that you still know their name says a lot. Dude, I was 13 years old and two Hi. porn stars and I got to meet them and like, t- yeah, fuck. I mean, and I watch was, their titties bounce That might be a good yeah. game. I'm thinking of games now on the show <laughs> where you, it's going to be hard for the listener because it's, I guess it's a visual, a visual thing, but you show guys pictures of porn stars and see if we can name <laughs> them. <laughs> you can name I, I know girls could be couldn't. able to. Not, 
I'm not like I'm not an expert, but there's definitely a hand. Yeah, there's like, definitely some. There's the Hall of Fame girls, obviously, but oh, yeah. like yeah. your era, like those girls you mentioned, I don't know, but that was probably your era, you know? Yeah, that's well, true. and they were and they were definitely like not. I don't think they were like big time porn stars or anything, but um, it, they had a name. You knew their name. Well, yeah, After and I that, got and did. I got. I mean, you you better believe I got uh, autographs of both of them because they ha- they brought their like. <laughs> On your dick, right? Right. I was yeah. 13. Sure. I was like, and she's like, wow, Sign you should put dick. that Tootsie Roll back in advance. <laughs> <laughs> they brought their headshots and right, signed exactly. them and handed oh, them out. Oh, boy. Of yeah. course they did. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Kevin was <clears throat> sponsored by Vans. He was a uh, he was a skateboarder. And a lot um, of people are like, wow, how, no, really? I know. Uh, when I tell people that, they actually are like, wait, are you serious? I'm like, yeah. He was. His dad used to take him snowboarding all the fucking time and just sit in the lodge and read a book while Kevin snowboarded all day. Yeah. My parents would like, you know, my mom would take me up there and she would ski and I would snowboard. I mean, I first started out skiing and then snowboarding, you know, not that interesting of a story, but they would always kind of be there in my life to make sure that whatever I was into that they were supporting. Yeah. And I thought that I, I think that's probably one of the biggest reasons I turned out not too terrible. You know, like I played, you know, a year of soccer, five years of baseball, you're a pop Warner football, you know, was, and then that's kind of why I stopped playing sports because I started skating. And then I stopped skating because I started smoking pot. <laughs> so the moral there is, you know, yeah, smoke weed, but, you know, not when you're a kid. It's not. No. It's not. Wait till helpful. you're 25. Exactly. Wait till right. your brain's formed. Yeah. Once your brain is formed, you can do drugs and yeah. it actually it has less of an effect and less of addictive right. properties on you. Yeah. Let me ask you a question that's going to pl- play into something later. When's the first time you ever had an alcoholic beverage? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about this because... Uh, the first time I ever had an alcoholic beverage, and I'll tell you what it was. I'm so excited. This story is so fucking good. If anybody's ever heard of a suicide, a suicide is basically whatever's in the liquor cabinet. So I was 10 years old. My buddy was 13. Again, older friend. Um, wanted to get into mischief. Wanted to drink. Where were your parents? Uh, they were sleeping. <laughs> so my butt, yeah. So, and, but this had happened before, and we had gotten booze from their booze cabinet, but I didn't drink any of it. I didn't want it. Obviously, when you're 10, I mean, there's not, <laughs> I was a bad kid, but, you know, I was like not, like, Ten. let's drink. But anyway, Ten. so one night, he, my buddy Chris, he, we were, he was sleeping over, um, and he's like, let's make a suicide. And I was like, well, I don't know what that is. Let's, okay, whatever. <laughs> I'm not drinking it. And so, you, the, the reason it's called a suicide is because it's pretty much anything you got in the booze cabinet, and then the way you make it is you take just a small amount enough of each bottle that it you it's can't, not noticeable it's not noticeable by your parents oh god so i hope i'm not impressioning making an tell, impression tell or, us what was in it okay so here we go you guys ready for this oh my god so uh started out with uh jack daniels uh vodka <laughs> um gin i believe uh white wine no no sorry uh jack daniels vodka tequila <laughs> <laughs> uh, red oh. wine and white wine. <laughs> Wasn't there some kind of cream? And the mixer, no. And the mixer was grapefruit juice. Oh, there you go. What? So we got a whole, you know, I don't know, 10, 12 ounce cup of this. And obviously you don't know how much to drink when you're a kid. And my buddy was like, we'll drink half of it each. Oh. You think about that. like, That's, Yeah. And so, I mean, I think, you know, whatever it, 
it was equal parts, right? So like you have oh. like two ounces of each alcohol, and then two. <laughs> it's like a splash of like grapefruit juice, and um, and that was <laughs> when I drank half of it. I remember like instantly it was like the most amazing feeling that I had ever felt. And I was like, this is not going to be good, you know? And then 30 minutes later I was throwing up. Luckily my parents, I didn't wake my parents up. I threw up in your house once and didn't wake your parents up. I will never drink gin again. Mm. That was a bad day. Yeah. Yeah. But that's a suicide. And you drank it and you vomited at the age of 10. 10. That's exciting. Um, You went to Edison high school. I did. Okay. Um, What, what, what were you like dating in high school? How, who did you, by the way, I know all the answers to these fucking questions, so nothing surprises me, but tell, tell us about the girls that you dated. The girls that I dated. Oh man. Uh, I dated one girl in high school. Well, I had one serious relationship in high school for a year, uh, from freshman to sophomore year. We, uh, you know, were, I don't think, we, yeah, well, I guess we were friends a little bit before. What'd she look like? Um, she was, she had brown hair, short brown hair, five one. It was curly hair, she, right? She thick. She was thick. Was she thick? She was like, but she was athletic thick. Like she had like, um, like a really nice body, but she had like thick, thick thighs, thick Was butt, this the one that whose family waist. was in C- is in Washington? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So th- I'm just trying to get the listener to understand the similarities between <laughs> me and this yeah. girl. Because Kevin Weller has a motherfucking type. Yeah, I would definitely say that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a, you know, I will say it was a, it was a pretty rad relationship. We were like in love, but it was, you know, well, yeah. say high school puppy You're love. 15. It was like super intense and we were uh, super into each other um love spending time with one another but you know i'd say like six months into it then we started to just piss each other off and it was <laughs> like cats and dogs every oh. day and it just got worse and worse and worse um until you didn't know her love language i did not um <laughs> because we thought there was only one love language and when you're a freshman and that's all you do we just like you just hump like rabbits yeah and that's fucking. that was yeah but um you know, long story short, um, we broke up because I think we broke up exactly a year into a relationship. And then, uh, I found out that she immediately started dating my best friend. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, <sighs> like, and I, I'm sure she, I don't know if she cheated on me or not, uh, at the end, but, um, mm-hmm. right. I know. But, um, but my, it was, first, my first girlfriend did the same thing to me. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think that was one of the reasons, and this is the, I was this is why I'm going this deep into it. This is one of the reasons that I did not date really another girl until I met you. Yeah, because I was like, "Fuck that!" High school, there's girls galore and parties and friends, and I was like, "Dude, I don't want to be tied down again." So yeah, it's not um, that Kevin Weller wasn't a ladies' man. Uh, and didn't hook up with people. Kevin Weller was not to be tied down. Um, when did you uh, hit a home run? Because here on What's Your Position podcast, we no longer use the term virginity. So when did you go all the way for the first time? How old were you? Oh, man. I think I was 13, um, 12 or 13. Um, and it was actually on top of the basic pool. Wow. In the backyard. On top of the basic pool, yeah. That's epic. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, Who on, was it? On the concrete. I don't even know. I don't know her name. I think I met her once or twice. Um, what, didn't she stay at the uh, the foster house down the street? Yes. <laughs> so I know, and let's and let's explain a little bit. But <laughs> there was uh, a foster. Uh, there was a parents that fostered kids, and I think that they would stay with them for like a couple months. I don't know how long, really. But um, it's mostly I'm sure at most of the girls that I would met that would come out and I'd meet with them, you know, like just randomly like skating down the street and they'd be like, hey, what are you doing? Um, they, you know, obviously had some trauma in their life. Um, and so this girl was very like, let's just do it. And let's bone. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> like, um, so you think she was where? more experienced than you? Oh, no, I know she was. So that's funny because Nate said the same thing. Chris said the same thing. I'm pretty sure you said the same thing. Um, yep, same thing. Almost every guy that we've had on the podcast lost their virginity to a girl who had more experience than them. Really? Yep. Huh. Yep. Would have never guessed that. Yep. I guess the way to go, too. Yeah. Yeah. How but was it for you? I mean, everyone's first kind of sucks, but at least, I mean, if you had someone that kind of knows what they're doing yeah, versus someone that has no idea, right. it's going to be a little. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's definitely not a great experience. I mean, I was like, <laughs> I was mortified. Oh. I went and like took a shower and I was like, I've got an STD. Oh my God. She's pregnant. Oh my God. I'm pregnant. Um, <laughs> Everybody's fucking pregnant. <laughs> I'm pretty um, sure the basic, but I don't think I, I don't. I don't know if I ever saw her again after that. Wow, that's um, actually kind of also a good way to go. Well, yeah, and like I said, these the the girls, and I didn't know at that time. I don't think, um, but it was later on that I realized that that was the situation at that house. It was like mm. a like a a waypoint for some of these yeah. kids to be fostered there, and then until they found maybe a permanent home. Right. Um, but yeah. That was that was how, and she was older than you too. Probably, I don't, I don't really remember. Maybe if I've said that in the past, it's probably you did. Yeah, which is another common thread. Right, the girls are older. Um, so you graduated high school. You had a job. Where'd you work? (laughs) Um, I worked. I got so senior year was not a good kid in in high school. Did not get good grades. Uh, was on the brink of not graduating because I had failed five of my six classes in my first semester of freshman year. Nice. And then I'd gone to summer school and, you know, I think I got kicked out of two summer school classes. For what? One's for cussing too much. <laughs> and the other one was for uh, talking too much. What? Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, it was because uh, I think I had sent to the principal and then I was supposed to get something signed for my parents and I and I literally forgot <laughs> and then I didn't turn it back in and I think they kicked me out of the the summer school class like the last week. Wow. I literally Did you take any summer school classes, producer? Did you ever have to do that? Yeah, my uh, last year going into senior year. What did you fail? Uh, math. What a horrible word, by the way. Trigonomet- trigonometry. Fuck trigonometry. I even cheated. Fuck math. I cheated in that class and I still failed. Fuck <laughs> math, dude. <laughs> yeah. Teach right. me how to balance a fucking checkbook. Right. I agree. Teach me how to do taxes. Taxes. Go on to do the fucking Pythagorean theorem. Go fuck how, yourself. How to write a resume. Good Lord, how to write a resume. Right. 
No, How to go on a job interview? Let's do cosines and I actually like geometry, but yeah, trigonometry. Yeah, fuck that I shit. love statistics. <laughs> that was shocker. So, so I, then, if you yeah, failed, you failed no. math the next year. You had, all the seniors had to go in statistics because that was like the easy class. Shut up! I did honors. It statistics. was though. It was, it was statistics is amazing. Um, so you failed two. Cl- you failed a bunch of classes. You weren't going to graduate. Wasn't going to graduate. Uh, By the way, guys, I never went to summer school and I never had detention. How how many times did you have detention, Kevin Weller? I can't count that high <laughs> because I was always in detention and I was never in class. So Great. I got detention once um, for throwing dirt clods onto a parked car since the <laughs> teacher caught us. Oh my God. That was it. Yeah. I got lunch detention once where you had to sit. This was awful. In my junior high, if you got in minor trouble, you had to sit in what was called lunch detention, I think. I don't know. Kimberly Butler, when you listen to this, tell me what the fuck it was called. Mr. Price <laughs> watched over us. Not, maybe not Mr. Price. Somebody watched over us. I remember I wore the most gorgeous dress to school that day. I was so excited. It was this vintage lace dress, and I had these vintage shoes that, um, I got from a garage sale and I looked like Stevie Nicks. I looked like a seventies goddess and I was so fucking excited. And my mom dropped me off late, which is fucking par for the goddamn course. <laughs> I was five minutes late for first period Sorry. and got lunch detention and no one got to see my amazing outfit. And I will never forget that. That's where it all began. That's where it all went downhill for me. So this is a stark contrast. I was literally the perfect child, and you literally... I got suspended in seventh grade for stealing beer. Yeah. Oh, my God. So Wait, 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 wait. wait. Yeah. You got suspended from your school for stealing beer? Yep, middle school. Why did the middle school have beer? (laughs) Why did the middle school know? Well, I mean, the principal just, you know, had a six sitter in the office, and nobody's supposed to know. No, I, uh, (laughs) we we left school at the end of the day. And I was hanging out with these two kids that were, we were in a band, kind of. What was um, it called? We were just playing horrible punk music. We didn't have a name. That's um, so punk. Jamming buddies. Yeah, yeah we were just jamming it's so bros. Punk. What'd you play? Uh, guitar. Just so the listener knows how sexy you are. <laughs> I know if you you know if you say bass guitar or anything like that. Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I know, Behind the scenes, know. I play guitar, but yeah, I'm saying <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. I know I had to take that. I had to take that shot. You're um, the drummer, right? Uh, but I, um, I don't know how much time we want to spend on these stories. But, but they're so good. But um, yeah, I mean, we got out of class. We were going over to his house. There's a big park that separated the school from where his house were, so we just walked through the park. Um, but there was um, a liquor store on the way. And we decided to go in there to get, I don't know, probably gum or something like that, candy. Um, and the... High chews. High chews, yeah. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't. <laughs> it's, I'm glad I didn't discover those until about a year ago. <laughs> um, but we uh, noticed that the, um, the proprietor of the liquor store was distracted. And so I told my friend, I'm like, put... It was like an open... Or it was like a you know, like a six pack of Corona display case. Oh, so the bottles were free form, just fucking right. Open. And, uh-huh. Right. Yeah. And so open air Corona's open air Corona's <laughs> like just, you know, right for the picking. And so I told my friend, I'm like, Oh, put those in your backpack, put those in your backpack. And so we did. Um, and you know, now that I think about it, actually, I think we planned it and I'll get to that point. Fucking mastermind. Right. I'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but anyway, so we, we stole like two or three beers. We went out into the parking. <laughs> we went out into the park and just the geniuses that we were, how literally, you open were the like bottles? 
500 yards from the liquor store <laughs> in the fucking middle of the park, <laughs> like drinking the beer. And this guy came out fucking like full speed. And he, and I, I can't believe we didn't notice he was running because he is this Asian dude that was, you know, probably like 60 something years old. But he was running full speed and he we got up right as he got to where we were and he took a swing at my buddy <gasps> and he hit my friend and he dropped his backpack. Um, the 60 year old man hit a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so. Uh, oh, fuck. And so, yeah, he grazed him like I think he punched him in the arm or like the neck or something like that. Whoa. And this is probably why it didn't get any further then. But I mean. Yeah, he hit him, dropped his backpack, and since he dropped his backpack, is you know, if you're a punk kid, what do you write on your backpack? Like your fucking name. So oh there's God. this Karsten on his backpack. In whiteout. And we we're right by the school, so like he went there the next day, and um, I got called in, and the cop fucking drilled into me. So um, how mad was your dad? <clears throat> well, I mean, this is par for the course for me. I was like, you know, cop's child was getting questioned by the police mm. many times. Um, luckily, all they did was like a petty theft. They made us pay back 75 cents for the beer. Oh um, and then suspended you. And then, yeah, suspended me for a week. And I think they spent the other two kids for a day. Um, but Why the they, fuck did you get more? Because apparently I was a mastermind. Oh. I was a mastermind. <laughs> so I planned it all out. That's why it was like... Oh, I, God. Um Okay, wait. So, so, so basically what I, my point was, I was literally like a perfect child and shut up. And then I met you. Where did I meet you? Oh, so yeah, was barely graduating high school. So I had to get a job because there was like uh, a class for double the credit or whatever. And so slave labor, right. And so um, if you got a job in like the service industry or whatever, you know, you got double the credit. So um, got a job at Claim Jumper mm. restaurant in Fountain Valley In Fountain Valley, yeah. and, which is uh, no more. They tore it down. I know. And they tore down our love nest. I know. And it's funny Spoiler. in a weird way. I'm back at that site, you know, cause I, I know for another construction company. And so they're building a new who knows what. But um, Sorry but that, we had a little technical difficulties. Sorry. I didn't hear anything. Me neither. <clears throat> um, so, yeah, I got a job there. And then that's where, uh, fast forward however many years. I, I don't mean, know. I worked there when I was 18 to when we met 23. We met when we were 22. 22. I remember the first time I met you. I remember a lot of the details of the first time I met you. I don't remember that moment. That's a girl thing, I think. I think it is. You're right. It is a moment. There's a moment where I met Kevin Weller because I was training and the chick was like, oh, this is this is Kevin Weller and this is our new hostess, Ashley. And I had to wear this short black skirt and little tights. (laughs) And I was dating somebody at the time. And the way Kevin looked at me made me immediately say, wow, I'm going to have to break up with my boyfriend because this is the man I'm going to marry. I had never in my life had someone look at me that way, like with appreciation. And then when I looked at you that way, what did I do? So there's a microphone. (laughs) There's a microphone at the host stand. And at Claim Jumper, you used to have to call out party names like Wagon Wheel. Wagon Wheel, party of five. Your table's now available. Wagon Wheel, party of five. (laughs) Yeah. And So you give the 
families. Yep. They, oh, you, they check in yeah. and you hand them a coaster that has Western themed names yeah. on it. Yeah. So is Oregon it, Trail Party so of Ten, your dysentery is now ready. Was it because they didn't want people's names being announced? I don't know. I think they thought it was cute. Theme. It was just it was a, a theme. theme. Cheeky I don't theme. remember that. Remember, I mean, back in you know 30, 40 years ago, themed restaurants. I mean, I feel it was like a big we're deal. dating the f- ourselves a lot. But, we are. Um, but yeah, themed yeah. restaurants were cool. I don't. I don't really think it's. As well, Claim Jumper had the much. big. They were big portion and like ribs and the orc heart. And so good. Mother load cake. Yeah, I still um, love Claim Jumper. So do I. Yeah. Fuck yeah, potato cheese soup. Yeah. Fucking get in my mouth. Uh, but so along those lines. The hostesses were training on the microphone and Kevin Weller looked at me and pointed the microphone at my mouth and said, has anyone ever told you to speak into the microphone? (laughs) And I am so naive and just so completely like dumbfounded. I was like, uh, 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 they're training me to speak into the microphone. And he just laughed and And walked away. I think I said, so you have spoken into the microphone before. (laughs) And she said, yeah, and I was like, okay, cool. Okay, cool, <laughs> and left. And then, and then again, we were, we, it means suck dick. Yeah, speaking to the microphone, speaking yeah. to the microphone. Have you speaking to the, can you speak? I've been in audio school, been in multiple bands. <laughs> I have never heard that term. Yeah, so that's why I was like, so you have spoken into the microphone before and she was like yes and i was like okay cool. okay cool bye <laughs> and then she didn't get it obviously i did I, not i didn't even right get it right right <laughs> and then uh, i produced this fucking podcast <laughs> <laughs> i hope this i hope that gets used Dude, I'm glad we don't I, edit anything i'm glad i found out, out on, on the sex podcast <laughs> right and not right. you know on the streets yeah. right uh we went out to drink with a bunch of people from claim jumper once and um <laughs> kevin weller liked his uh seven and sevens oh yeah uh, we used to go to O'Connell's. Shout out to O'Connell's, unofficial hey. sponsor. They're still there. Uh, that's where we shared our first kiss, by the way. It was next to the bathrooms in O'Connell, mm. up against the cigarette machine. That, that's <laughs> another thing that doesn't exist anymore. I know. <laughs> cigarette machine. Man. But yeah. Uh, but O'Connell's, uh, we went out to drink, and I said I, I wanted a pear cider. And I giggled because halfway through I was buzzed. And Kevin was like, we can't ever hang out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll never, ever be friends. Yeah, and she's like, ever. she's like, oh, no, I'm done after one. And I was like, yeah, I was on, yeah, definitely like number two of my seven and seven. Double and seven like, and seven. I'm all, wow, this is, it's going to be interesting. <laughs> uh, but like I said, we, um, we knew each other at Claim Jumper. We started hanging out. We were friends. We called ourselves the Horsome Foursome. Mm-hmm. And we used to go out uh, to the beach at one in the morning. We'd go sing karaoke at TGI Fridays in uh, at the Orange, Block at Orange. And then we would drive down PCH and go hang out at the beach and drink mm-hmm. Captain Morgan out of the bottle and then go eat chili cheese fries at Harbor House in uh, Seal Beach. In the ho- Horsome Foursome, there was obviously two other people involved. <laughs> yes, it was Not our group. Us. It was our claim jumper group of friends. And it wasn't a, gr- a group thing. <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't sexual. <laughs> it wasn't basically, sexual. it was a funny nickname that we had given but ourselves. We were just heavy drinkers, and and you know, we hung out, and it was. We were friends for a solid six months before yeah. we started dating. And um, go ahead, tell me some stuff. Well, I think uh, one. Tell of me the, a story, clown. Uh, well, I think uh, I don't know if I want to tell this. Is I think this is one of the more I don't know. Uh, not endearing is is what I'm trying to say, but. I think um, one of the the interesting moments in our relationship was when we were friends still, you had an interesting situation uh, with a couple of the girls that you lived with 
<clears throat> and one of them started to smoke meth. Smoke meth. <laughs> And yeah. we'd come home at 4 a.m. like hammered and she'd still be up drawing, painting doodling, 3D art Yeah, in her bedroom. And we realized that something was not right. And um, so, you know, I won't go into the whole thing, but we realized that you could not stay there anymore. You had to leave. That so there was a party one night and my door was locked and a six foot tall man broke my door down yeah. looking for this chick, my roommate. And mm -hmm. I called Kevin and I was like, I need you to come and get me immediately. S right. And so at that point I was like, you can't stay here. Like, and you don't, and I think you guys are in a lease agreement and yeah. so you couldn't break lease. And so I asked my, my dad, I was like, Hey, is it cool if like Ashley and I think at that point I realized I was like there was definitely something like we were hooking up oh yeah we were definitely hooking up yeah but um I asked my dad I was like yeah hey do you mind if she like stays with us you know like for a little while and he was like yeah sure why not um and I was like oh well that was okay cool yeah, and maybe. so yeah uh, but still, we were not an item. I mean, we were an item, but we were not official. So Kevin Weller told me when we first started dating that he was not monogamous. That was one of the very first things he ever told me was that he didn't want to be in a relationship, yes. didn't want a girlfriend, um, had no intention of being in a not, relationship. Not a cheater. Just no, nope, not a cheater. No, 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 no. There's a huge difference. No, I know. I and I actually <laughs> tell this story in my sex ed classes. I, I always say, you know, there's. A lot to be said for being monogamous. It really does help people's STI statuses. It really helps people um, understand their commitment in a relationship. But Kevin told me uh, before we started hooking up, I'm not. A, I don't want a monogamous relationship. I want to not be tied down. So I would love to hang out with you, aka fuck you. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to tell you that I'm not going to do that with other people, and I'm not your boyfriend, and I'm not going to tell you I love you and I had two jobs at the time I worked at claim jumper and Olive Garden and we had mutual friends that worked at both and I would tell people stories of us hanging out and people wouldn't believe it and uh we weren't monogamous we weren't an item and on the fourth of July we got drunk and <laughs> we were sitting on the roof of his house and the fireworks were going off and he said, I, he didn't look at me. We were just sitting side by side and he said, I think I love you. And I ignored him because I thought he was drunk and didn't mean it. And I didn't want to get excited because I loved him so much and didn't want to like make him run away. And I was 23 and I was like, I don't know what to do here. So <laughs> I just pretended I didn't hear him until like a month later mm -hmm. when he said it again. And I was like, okay, are you being actually serious? Like, <laughs> is this a real thing? And I told like three dudes that we worked with and they were like, Kevin said, I love you. He actually said, I don't think he said that. I, th I don't think that's a thing <laughs> because you weren't someone who did relationships. Well, and I was very like, not, I was not, like I was very open about it. I'm yeah. like, oh, I'm not, I'm not dating. I don't want a girlfriend. I don't want any. I mean, I dated girls, but it was like always just very casual, like no strings attached. Um, when was the first time you realized that that's kind of not where we were headed? Probably when you, when I asked my dad if you could stay with us at our, at their, at their, their house. Cause I was like, I mean, I'm not going to just be like, oh, yeah, let me let my friend stay here, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was not a good situation, but um, I think that's probably when I was like, hmm. I actually didn't know that. Hmm. Fun fact. Yeah. So we really became an item uh, in like that August and uh, I moved into a better place and Kevin pretty much never left from that point forward. Anywhere I went, you were. Um, 
any apartment I lived in, you lived in, you, we pretty much were inseparable. If we didn't stay at my house, we stayed at your parents' house, and um, we became like inseparable pretty right. much. And we were young; we were in our twenties. I worked at Fred's downtown on Main Street, and so. Mm. Fred's. God damn it. That place <laughs> is good time. so good. Good, uh, good margaritas. We, oh, God. They still have good margaritas. Um, we drank a lot. And good chips and salsa. Dude, yeah. Sorry. No, I good, had to interrupt with that. Good shrimp burrito. Can anybody, um, can anybody order some chips and salsa right now? That'd Could we get some fucking Fred's delivered right now? Um, we drank a lot during those di- Oh, God. Huntington and Memphis, man. That apartment. Or Memphis and uh, Lake. Remember that apartment? Did you remember that apartment? The one off of Memphis where we used to have all our game nights. Was that, was that on the second floor? Yeah. Did you have another roommate? Yeah. yeah. Uh, was it Bunky? No, no it, was Chris, it was Chris. My friend Chris. Same. They're big dudes. Big yeah. dudes, yeah. Okay, yeah, I think I helped you move in there. Yeah, yes, you may you have did. been too young to party. I think I was... I think I came and like hung out with you guys at parties, but I don't think yeah, I was Yeah, but drinking. at that point, yeah, you yeah. weren't drinking. You weren't and then the other house like you guys were talking about the with the meth chick? Yeah. Was that the... Like, the Brown apartment yeah, complex, two it was like wooden, mm-hmm. yeah, and there was a stripper right. pole. Stripper pole. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that was another oh, Slater slums. Sh- the Slater slums. Right. Yeah, right down the street. I loved that, that stripper, pole. stripper pole. I had a stripper pole in the middle of my house with a black velvet backdrop and playing cards around the border, and then in the downstairs bathroom, it was just a quarter bath. It was just a toilet and a sink. We hung up all three of our best lingerie outfits. Oh my god! I and we called it the executive that. washroom. And it, there was forgot. only yep. a black light in there. Yep. So you couldn't ever turn the light on like all the way. It was just a black light yeah. and our underwear hanging on the walls. And that was the executive bathroom right <laughs> outside of the stripper pole. Yep. Yep. That's, we had great parties in that house. We did. We did. Yeah, that was definitely some, <laughs> it was some fun times there. We had a lot of good parties. Um, we had a lot of place. game nights at the Memphis place. Yeah. We did have a lot of good times. And then... And then the good times became a little too good, mm-hmm. um, which happens quite frequently to a lot of people. Uh, and well, I'm going to let you tell this part of the story. <laughs> um, well, I actually didn't think about how I was going to like. Uh, That's good. I like to shock you into this. Uh, so the the whole point or the whole idea behind this uh, podcast was to talk about a relationship but also to talk about um addiction alcoholism and how that can affect relationships and how to kind of navigate that and i think um for anybody who's listening um i think right, that's I open up my truly while you were talking about your alcoholism <laughs> Sorry about that. that is i mean that's the perfect definition of uh, yeah i know that's that's the way it should have happened uh as i yeah as i segue into uh, my journey with alcoholism <laughs> by Kevin Willis. <laughs> how I relapsed. Well, I mean, we we talked about like we talked about how you had a drink at ten, uh, <laughs> and how you were kind of a dick as a kid, and yeah. you know you were hanging out with older kids. You smoked weed. You right. Stole beer in seventh grade. So I mean, it, it, no one would have been shocked <laughs> that you may have right. had too much to drink. But I think the shocking part was that we were great. Like we had the best times and then it, it would be like night and day. Then all of a sudden we wouldn't. And it would be like right. a light well, switch. <clears throat> so, I mean, I I think uh, probably for the people that are listening that maybe uh, that this could help with is, um, you know, whether you are uh, struggling or you have somebody who's struggling with alcoholism or drugs or whatever. Um, 
I think for me, my personal journey through through the the depths of uh, alcoholism was, you know, I knew that when I was young, maybe even back when I was 10, I was like, holy shit, I like this way too much. You know, and all my friends would want to like maybe drink a beer. I don't always want to drink like three beers or four beers. So, um, you know, as I I got older and our relationship progressed, um, I think that was kind of when it started to come to a crescendo with um, I mean, I, I mean, you saw it, people don't believe it, but I mean, I put back, uh, I would put back a handle of vodka in a day. So towards the end of your drinking and I tell people like when I say, Oh no, my husband doesn't drink anymore. Oh, is he an alcoholic? And I'm like, Oh yeah. You know, and he's like, Oh, just drank a little too much. I'm like, no, he would, <laughs> drink, he would drink a handle of vodka a day and nobody really believes that. Yeah. But at the end he was, we were literally going to Vaughn's or Albertson's and I was getting pear absolute and it would last me like a week. He was getting a <laughs> handle of Smirnoff raspberry and it was gone in a 24 hour yeah. period. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, that's impossible. But I'm like, no, I mean, I didn't, I didn't drink a handle every single day, but it was like but he pretty could. friggin' close, but it was at least on the rocks. Straight up, straight up. I well, so I had the, the raspberry flavor. I get that. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. You would add like pog I would splash, juice. splash it like with yeah. a tropical whatever, Hawaiian currents. punch or something. Yeah, Hawaiian punch, whatever it was. But raspberry, huh? Yeah, I can't drink it anymore. So I mean that. Yeah, and it was it was like literally like, Kevin. <laughs> I know. Neither can I. It was like ninety five percent booze and then five percent whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean it was. Uh, and like I said, I always knew that I, I was gonna have. I was gonna struggle with alcohol. And I knew as I was going through high school and shortly thereafter um, that I was going to have to find a quitting point because it was like it was too, felt too good. I liked it too much. Right. Um, I was blacking out in high school, you know, like maybe wasn't doing like really, you know, anything too stupid. Uh, you know, I had to <laughs> have some funny <laughs> stories, but, um, you know, uh, but it, it got to a point where it was like you know, enough's enough. And it's, I don't want to say life or death, but it got to the point where, <laughs> well, there was a death involved. I mean, right. The relation, our relationship was going to die. Yeah. I got to a yeah. point where I loved you, but I hated you. Like, yeah, I literally, I, I would look at you in that state and just be like, God fucking Fuck damn this. it. Fuck this guy. Like again, like I, it, it became like for me, I never, ever, ever gave up. Never. Like there was never a point where I was like, he can't beat this. Like he's not going to, we're not going to make it out of this. Right. But I, and maybe that's why I did make it through it and sitting here. Uh, is it, oh, dude, I'm going to 12 years now. I know. 12 years. 12 years. January so, come on, 3rd. Man, you, yeah. Admit, you probably wouldn't have stopped if it wasn't for this chick over here. No, I don't think I would have, yeah. um, to be a hundred percent honest. Um, I'm grateful that she came into your life, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for for so many for so many reasons. As, as annoying as she is, sometimes <laughs> she can be annoying about your problem. That was yeah. I have a question about because you said you smoked weed in in high school and yeah. stuff. Were you smoking weed during this time too? No, not we weren't really. Oh, in the in the beginning of a relationship. No, when you were drinking a lot, we didn't really smoke a lot of weed. Uh, so yeah, no, we didn't. And you know, I I've been on and off with weed throughout my life. <clears throat> um, it's never been a big like. You don't like you like the booze feeling more than the oh, f- dude, anything. Really, booze feeling more than did you anything. like? What about like the cross? 
what do you call it, the cross? No, because uh, that cross would, fading. I would, I did it for, like, I think towards when I was realizing when I was getting to the end of ending point of like, I'm going to have to stop drinking. Um, I tried to start smoking to kind of like mellow me out. Cause if anybody's struggled with alcoholism, um, some people react very differently when they get super, super hammered. And I had, uh, it was like a switch where I would just be, you know, like sh- very short fuse, very combative, combative and on weed. No, no, no. no on, on booze. On booze. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, and so I think weed, I started smoking weed because it helped, but, um, as anybody knows out there, when you start crossfading, that you, you can get into a whole nother oh fucking can of Robert worms. and I could do an entire podcast on how many times I've been crossfaded and he has to help me because I'm vomiting. Right. Yeah. It's Somebody, a fucking fine be, line. You gotta be professional. I'm a, I'm a professional. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know how to do it. I know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know how deep we want to get into no, this. No, no, but it's just it was a very as a pot smoker, I was just curious because no, I know no, no, that's I, I know that's a different yeah. feeling being crossfitted versus drunk no, totally. first or high. It's a it's a third feeling. And I sure. think and I think that's it's actually a good a good time to bring up. Like a lot of people um, are like, oh my god, you you've been sober for twelve years, and I haven't been tw- sober for twelve years. I just haven't drank a drop of alcohol for twelve years. Yeah. So like, I still smoke pot. I don't now because of my job. Um, I wish you did. I do too. I know. I you're, know. You're, you're a good. Kevin Willer is so funny. <laughs> Are you when trying he's to say down? that I suck now that I don't <laughs> smoke weed? <laughs> yes. Wow. <sighs> no, well, you're just really back funny. On the pot. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's funny too. I, I brought up some statistics. A lot of people in AA, especially who get sober, they really hold that word to such a high standard. My stepdad yeah, doesn't take NyQuil, doesn't take Tylenol, doesn't drink caffeine. Much. Like, uh, that's cr- you set that's, yourself up for disaster, right? And so, and maybe maybe for pressure. a year, maybe cutting everything out for a year. Yeah. Um, but you know, there are some people who are like, "Oh, well, you're not sober if you smoke weed or if you, you know." You and I'm like, people tell me that. I'm like, I don't fucking care what you think. Exactly. Well, I mean, they're <laughs> kind know. of right. You aren't sober technically, but right. it's just a different sober. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But you know, and like, and I, and I think everybody's journey is very, very different. Mm-hmm. And, I, and yeah, let's talk about that because. I grew up with my mom right. with al- alcoholism. She during high school, my senior, senior, junior year. And uh, that was a whole thing. And I learned a lot, went to a lot of AA meetings and right. I basically went through the program with my mom Yep, while doing my homework. And, <laughs> and I know my mom, you know, she's shared some wisdom. She was on this podcast, by the way. It's the yeah. second episode we did was Carrie talking about her journey I, yeah, with addiction. I learned yeah. a lot about my mom that time. I did too. <laughs> some, I stuff did too. I, some stuff I did know, but some stuff I didn't know. Yeah. And, uh, so, so she went down the traditional AA big book road, and I know you didn't. I know you've, you know, my mom probably gave you some some pointers and stuff, but right. you, that wasn't your cup of tea, and you just kind of just cold turkey it, fuck it, like, yep, basically, right? Yeah, I did. And what um, made you? Did you want to choose that? I tried. I tried the um, the twelve step AA, and I was just oh, like, okay. you did try it. I did it for like two months, and I was going to like six meetings a week, and it was just. I mean, for me, it was it made me want to drink more, and it's I really depressing. and I it and really I, is. And I'm glad I'm glad there, you yeah. brought that up because and I don't mean to be insulting to anybody who's no, uh, like you struggling. said earlier, everyone's journey is different. Right. You're not insulting. I, I I just could not. It was just it made it worse for me to hear the stories and see the same people over and over in all these different meetings because I was like I. And I think the difference sometimes between me and, and other people that um, are trying to quit drinking is uh, I was 100 uh, percent. 
I was a hundred percent, um, not serious. What's the word I'm trying to think? Um, honest. Oh, honest. I was a hundred percent honest with myself and I'd always been honest with myself uh, about my drinking because I realized I was like, I have to stop drinking. So, um, I moved. So there came a point where I said, I can't be here anymore. Cause I, I was so codependent. I was buying the, the I was buying the vodka. Right. Yeah. I was so codependent that I knew I guilt you into it. Like, no. On, baby. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> come on. So it's like, I knew that if I didn't exit the situation, he would never get sober. So I moved back to Washington and it was one of the most abusive and painful nine months of my life. It fucking sucked, Kevin. I didn't have not, my cousin for a while either. And not because of, a lot. he worked on himself. Wow. I actually told him, I'm not going to talk to you for 30 days. Not via email, not via... And this was before social Back, media. Just make sure you clarify the abusive part. No, 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 no. Like no, 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 no. I was abusing When I went months. to Seattle, it was a very <laughs> abusive time in Seattle. Yes. I did not have... The support that I needed, it was I I should I wanted to come back home. Uh, not, the reason not I'm saying in Washington, this, you definitely had it in California with your rest yes, of the family. Yes, I did. Right, the good family. Right, Sorry. but no right. the problem was I got home and didn't have support, and I didn't. And you needed support just as much because yeah. You, and a lot of people don't realize that there's two there's two people that end up needing uh, help in a lot of these situations where you have uh, an alcoholic. Uh, in the relationship and then the other person who is codependent codependent so and can i ask you this ashley yeah i asked him about aa did you i did i went to al-anon? al-anon i actually had an al-anon sponsor um i didn't like it either i really don't enjoy dwelling on problems i like yeah. fixing things yep. i like moving forward i don't like talking about that. i like to talk about the good things that came of it and teach people something right and i didn't feel like i learned anything i felt like i was very much a victim and i don't like feeling that way so i didn't go back to Al-Anon. and i went to seattle and i said i was going to stay gone a year because the because i did take one thing from aa and that is to not have a relationship for the first year that you're sober so i was going to leave him here by himself can i can i interject real quick yeah because because i'm kind of interviewing you you guys know each other you know i'm interviewing you guys bring it um you came out here when you were 18 i did and i was 13 we're five years apart yep and that was awesome yeah i had this like big sister out of nowhere that took me to rock shows and disneyland yeah and she fell in love with this guy, Kevin. And I, I liked, I didn't know you were a drunk. I thought you were just like a cool guy. And it was, I, I was so, I was young. A lot of people said that. They're like, yeah. you were, you're an alcoholic. I know you drink a lot, but I didn't realize. You're I remember you partied. Like, I remember yeah. going to some of your parties. I was like, oh, wow, these are all like adults parties. This is crazy. <laughs> we, yeah, we didn't um, feel like adults. And, and so when, <laughs> and when I met, I don't, I think, did you like talk to me about it? I, mean, I can't remember. Um, like it was a little bit, because your mom, because I knew that your mom was going through it too. So I, I wanted you to know that, like, that's what Kevin was going uh, yeah, through. Yeah, like I knew, I knew it was, yeah. it was not like the best thing to go up there, but it was good for what you needed to do. For the you only need, way to do, you it. needed to show Kevin, like, Myself. I love you a lot. Yeah. If you want to fucking fix this shit, yeah, fix it. And I totally got that, and that, and that nine months was pretty terrible. When you came back and. And you were done drinking. I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Kevin yeah. and Ashley are back. Yeah. <laughs> and we're better back. than ever. Yeah. yeah. And it was like. We got the band back together. <laughs> it was one of the best feelings. Like I was gone for nine months in a very sad household. Um, I didn't talk to Kevin via anything for 30 days. And then for 30 days, I made him only do email. And this was before Facebook, if you can fucking believe mm-hmm. it. And um, MySpace was there, was around, but. Um, he really went to the beach and he went to school and he worked out and he chose that path because he said that he had 
two ways it could go. Right. I get, I, <clears throat> I basically, um, I gave myself, I was trying to figure out like, you know, if I wasn't going to, if I wasn't going to do it the, um, the AA way, <clears throat> then what way was I going to do it? Right. So I did the AA thing for a couple months. It didn't work. I went right back to freaking hammering down a whole bottle of vodka or Captain Morgan or whatever it was, you know, after not drinking for two months. And yeah, that was a disaster. So <clears throat> I basically, I realized that I only really, <laughs> I really only had two choices when I thought about it, when I was really thinking about it, I'm like, okay, well I can try to not drink and try to control it. But when I tried to do that, it didn't work. So I was like, okay, well, and nobody, I really, and I think if there's anybody out there trying to fool themselves into believing that they can. I remember when you said, I'm only going to drink at home. Right. And then you said, I'm only going to drink beer. And then I found liquor in the mm-hmm. Thanksgiving pot. Yeah. Like hi- hiding vodka, it. hiding. Right. That's, that's a part of AA where they say, you know, oh, I'm only going to drink beer. I'm only going to drink you know, wine. Right. Or I'm only going to drink on the weekends. Only at night. Your mom it's, talks it's about bullshit. hiding vodka in water bottles. I, yeah. I found it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so, and, that, and, that, and I mean, really, if there's anybody. schnapps, out, by the way. Oh, okay. Peppermint schnapps. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Yuck. What the fuck, mom? <laughs> but I think anybody out there that's trying to, that tries to convince themselves or, or if anybody's out there that has a spouse that's trying, girlfriend, boyfriend, friend, whatever, that tries to convince them that they can control it um by moder like moderating their drinking it, they're they're lying to themselves they're lying to you too <clears throat> um so so i basically said okay i can either quit drinking 100 i could try to moderate drinking which didn't work so i'm like that's not an option or i can just go par for the course and just keep doing what i'm doing and then i realized that that was going to be a really really because you know one of the biggest things when I was drinking that much, I was deeply, deeply depressed. And the more I drank, the more depressed I became. <clears throat> so I was like, I was like, I don't ever want to feel like this again. So I was like, okay, well I have literally one, one choice then. And that's to stop drinking forever. No going back on this word I made a promise. Like I'll never drink again. And it wasn't just to like you or my parents or it was to myself. I was like, I, I'm not going to, play with that fire again yeah because i realized the qu- the consequences <laughs> sucked yeah more than anything and i stayed gone i was supposed to stay gone for nine months and i i just couldn't i couldn't do it anymore and so i came home but i did live with friends for three months and then the day you hit your one year sobriety I called all your friends a week before I called every single one of my family members and all of my, all of our friends. And I said, Hey, he's going to have a year tomorrow. I need everyone to call him. And you had, you'd cut everyone out of your life. Mm-hmm. You stopped talking to Randy, to Tommy, to Troy, to Candace. You stopped talking to everybody. And you really just dove into like working on yourself, mm-hmm. going to the gym, going to school, going to the beach. And you, you just didn't answer the phone. Were you working at claim Dropper still? No. Where were we working at? Just curious. Uh, I was just going to school. Oh, okay. Just school. Yeah. And, I, good, and good parents take care of you, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's the other part. My parents, God you bless know, them. they're like, mm-hmm. no, come back, move in with us, live with us. Um, just uh, let us, you know, help whatever, yeah. however we can. I know your dad drinks. So was that yeah. Was that tough being in a household? No, nope. my, my dad my dad drinks like a beer. 
and they got rid of everything. I know, but they that's, got, oh, that's they got rid thing. of yeah. any they got rid of everything for so at least five years. It's kind of a cool thing. Wow. My my parents what they did um, is so my dad like I said my mom I mean maybe she drinks like a couple glasses of wine a year but my dad has a couple beers maybe a week if that yeah um, he'll have a shot of Jack Daniels when he goes camping but <clears throat> so it was kind of cool um, I really appreciated it they took all the alcohol that was in the house out and my dad would take and keep a 12 pack of beer at my neighbor's house. And so he would, when he'd want to drink, he'd go over to my neighbor's house and drink a <laughs> beer with him, his buddy and shoot the shit. Um, that's such and, a, that's like such a Terry move. Yeah. It's such a Terry a good, move. Like, yeah. Your yeah. neighborhood, that neighborhood is really great. I can tell yeah. that like everyone yeah. knows each other. Right. Well, Kenny yeah. and Christina totally. are the neighbors he's talking about and they came to our wedding. Yeah. So they've so known family Kevin friends. for yeah. such a long time. And so it just, it worked out really well because you know, they were like, Hey, we're going to, you know, and, and I basically told him, I was like, I don't want to go into a bar or a restaurant with a bar for like a year mm-hmm. because I just, I kind of, I mean, I guess the, probably if anybody's, you know, wondering, I, I set kind of like, I don't know if I set goals, but I set rules for myself. Um, you know, so it was like, I'm not going to any party or anything that has alcohol for probably like, you know, over a year, not going to a restaurant that has alcohol. What about grocery Nothing. stores? Going to shop for yourself, going past that liquor. Uh, I probably avoided it. Good. Yeah. yeah. Off the top of my head, I can't really remember. But his I mom said, does the grocery shopping in their house. Kevin wouldn't really do grocery shop. I don't even think Kevin's seen the inside <laughs> of a grocery store for the last like, five is. years. I have another question. Mm-hmm. Um, you said your parents don't really drink. Is there addiction in your family? Definitely not. Uh, my not my parents, um, but there's addiction in. Distant family. My dad's side of the family, okay. uh, like his um, sister, um, who's not with us anymore, but um, and she actually she actually died of an overdose when she was fifty. Oh boy, of heroin. Yeah. So she. We would have really loved her. <clears throat> she was like uh like a Linda, like a yeah music and and sports and like everybody loved her and she was mm. beautiful Very, and she was the yeah. life of the party and but she drank she yeah had. all of her whole life but I guess um at one point late in her forties early fifties she switched to heroin. Wow. Yeah. Um and they said that just her heart just was you know so deteriorated from drinking her whole life that. You know, <laughs> starting to that starting heroin at, at 50 is. Yeah. So when, when she passed away, how, how old were you? That is an excellent question. Because that would that, would that have did that impact you on like, oh, shit, man. Maybe it really it probably it had to have happened. It happened. It had to have happened in my early. I mean, <laughs> probably right in that wheelhouse, like between 10 and okay. 13 years old. Oh. So right when you there. first had your first drink. <laughs> yeah, right around there. And then how old were you when um, Mark died? 14? 15, 14 15? or 15. His uncle Mark was a bus driver for Seattle Metro. And Kevin used to come up every summer and go to Seattle. We actually figured out that we went to the same concerts when we were growing up because I grew up in Seattle and he would come visit That's his like the family best. Yeah, in Seattle. Yeah, we meet some random new friend and you're like, oh, you wrote that show too? Yeah. It's like, wow. Yeah. It was yeah, one of the, was one of the first like, things that drew world. us together was music. And I was like, were you at this show? And he's like, yeah, I was at that show just, in Seattle. And I'm like, what? It's not the same thing, but I was watching a video today of, the, of a band. Just a couple, I was just 
going down the rabbit hole of YouTube and I saw this live video. It was a day to remember. And there, and I was like, oh, this is a cool show. I was like, oh, shit. I was at this fucking show. It was in San Diego. I was there. Holy shit. Dude, yeah. yeah. So so his uncle, Mark, lived in Seattle. He'd go up there and visit him. And he was a bus driver. And over the Thanksgiving holiday, a, a crazy person got on his bus and shot him mm. and um, was going to oh try God. to like take over the bus and have everybody else on the bus die. But Mark was able to salvage the bus with a gunshot wound. Everyone lived except him and the gunman and one old man who had a heart attack. And so he was hailed as this hero, but um, but his uncle Mark was murdered. And so that's like Ugh. a really tragic thing to happen. His aunt died three years earlier, and then your grandmother died. Right in, right, somewhere right around in there, too. And so, Robert, I actually never put that together because everybody always says, oh, does addiction run in your family? And hi, addiction in our family is like our middle name. I didn't start drinking, 20, uh, drinking until Me I was neither. 21. I didn't start drinking until I, I was 21. I didn't smoke weed until I bet. was 23. <laughs> Like yeah. oh, I waited so long Weed, to drink. I, yep, yeah, same. Like twenty six or something. Right. Yeah, and it. I think it helped yeah, us, I think it but did. I think that because your parents weren't addicts, your grandparents weren't addicts, nope. but you experienced some pretty severe trauma in your young adult life, and yeah. you also were exposed to it. I think that that you're right. That probably is something that really Thank led you. to I've it. You're welcome. Plenty of AA meetings, Doctor, like I said. Doctor yeah. Robert Maine over here. A lot of love line too. <laughs> Shit. So, so yeah. I came back home. I waited for a year. I moved back in with your parents, who accepted me with open arms because I, you know, saved their son's life. No I'm big pretty deal. sure they love you more than Kevin. They oh, do yeah. not. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I put Secretly, put under oath in a court of law. In a court of law. <laughs> Come on. Um, and I remember waking up the first day, and you remember, like we were we were fighting a lot because alcohol does that, and I was frustrated and. I was nervous. I left for a year. I was like, get your shit together and I'll come back. And I want you to be the man I know you can be. And I was nervous. And so we went to bed and we woke up the next morning and he was awake and he was looking at me. And I woke up to him looking at me and rubbing the hair out of my face. And he started singing, fatty girlfriend takes up all the bed. (laughs) (laughs) And in that moment, I was like, oh, there's my husband. Fantastic. (laughs) He could, because I had slept by myself for a year. And so I took up all (laughs) the bed. She had spread out. Yeah. Spread eagle. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and that was that was the moment I knew that we were in the clear and we were headed towards brighter pastures. And and by the way, though, I I don't call you, just so people don't think I'm a, scumbag i don't call you fat no it's a, it's a we just it's a I we do give, the brother you know, calls her fat. Know, right? we, call, we just uh we call we, each other little fatties right we have like little pet no, names fuck both you guys and you I guys have great metabolism you <laughs> fuck yourselves yeah, guys no, like that's me. kind of the reason that yeah. we right. call each other bastards that. we do we have stupid pet little names. nicknames yeah and they change every day yeah they do. Those are our, our love language. That's, that's definitely making up names. For it's each pretty other. annoying how much yeah. they they're in love with each other. People after like even before that we weren't we were inseparable. And then when I came back and you had been sober for a year, we were inseparable again. And then uh, that first year after um, you had been sober, I was worried that you didn't want to ever do anything fun again. So I did something called the summer of fun where we did everything we'd ever done drunk sober. So we went to Disneyland. We went to magic mountain. We went to not scary farm. We went camping. We went to see three eleven and incubus. Um, we did everything we used to do. We went mini guard, like, and some of the things weren't as fun. Not scary farm. Isn't as fun when you're not drunk. It is. That is true. And you're not a girl. Yeah. So All right. right. It's not fun as a guy. Yeah. It's not as. Unless you're gay. And <laughs> but baseball games are yeah. still fun. Camping was still fun. Everything else was still just as fun. Yeah. Sober. And uh, we kind of Can I re- ask you a question, relearned though? that. During that time, were you smoking weed? 
No. no. We lived at his parents' house. How long, I, so how long into your sobriety did you start smoking weed again? I was 100% stone cold sober for, I think, five like years. almost, no, it's like two years. No, we, we didn't start. Oh, maybe you're right. Yeah, probably about two years. Maybe maybe longer. Um, but yeah, so that was the other thing. Um, you know, if anybody's wondering for advice, um, that's I think that's a big thing. And you don't have to be, you know, everybody has their own journey. But I think one of the biggest things was, if you're going to, you know, try to become sober off of, especially alcohol, you, you got to cut it all out. It's got to be everything. And then if you feel that you're strong enough to integrate something that you were not addicted to in, that's your choice. But I mean, I would never, ever say anybody who, um, who had an alcohol problem or a cocaine problem or a heroin problem to ever say, oh yeah, it's been five years and pick it back up. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would be My like, they, yeah. right. Mom did it. <laughs> right. And they, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would be like, oh, I stopped for 10 years. And my mom, yeah. My mom quit and I left the house. And 18 she's like, years she was sober. And she's like, I'm 40. She was like 40. And she's like, I'm, yeah. I can handle it. And that's right. what basically helped her. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, every, everybody has their own thing, can do their own thing. But that's just, that, that's, that would be my, my advice, advice to people is set some clear boundaries and rules for yourself, get people aboard and let them kind of know what, what's going on and how they can, you know, kind of let them know like, Hey, this is how you can help me. Um, the first year <clears throat> I moved home, that's big, man. That's big. Yeah. The first year I moved home, I didn't drink at all. The second year. Oh yeah. You I didn't, would, yeah, that's I right, didn't huh? drink at all. The second year I would only drink like a glass of wine if I was going out with Nana or every Monday I'd go out with my friend Ashley Morrow and we would have a cocktail while we sang karaoke. But it wasn't like, I wasn't drinking to the point where I was, you know, needed a ride home. It was a glass of wine or a drink. Never had <laughs> alcohol in his parents' house ever. Nope. And then when we moved here seven years ago, I started. And then even when we would go out to a, a restaurant, I would ask, can I order a glass of wine? Would that be it's okay been so long. You? I completely forgot that you had stopped drinking around me. For three for, years. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. I'm give some shout out to uh, my stepdad, John, because once my mom... It fell off the wagon, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, and she got back into the program. He stopped. He wasn't even. He was never a big no. drinker in the first place. He would no. have a Bud Light or and something. get fucking hammered. And no, yeah. John drunk <laughs> is actually really funny. It, he is. I've uh, seen it once. And God bless him. He stopped. Yeah. And he's since then he has Trulies and his, his yeah. now too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's you know yeah, it's something no, God you bless have that to, partner. You, you have to figure out how to make it work for your partner. And like yeah. you said, I knew what you needed was someone to to show you that that we could do this together. Everything, yeah. We can do everything. We can that, have just as much fun. And yeah, that was a scary thing for me because I was like, I'm I'm not going to be fun. You know, nothing's going to be fun. And you you got to you you got to fight your way through that and kind of figure out, okay. Like when I would feel like I needed a drink, okay, I would immediately think about something else, like force myself to think about anything. You did that again when you quit smoking. By the way, he will be oh, yeah. done sm- three I years. I was going to bring that up. I was waiting for the alcohol thing, but that's another huge thing. You just like cold turkey. He cold. Cold tur- no, he well, used, he used well, Chantix. Her- oh, okay. Heroin. I, I went on heroin. <laughs> you dumbass. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I know. I totally cheated uh, when it came to smoking. I used Chantix. Um, unofficial sponsor. I, Chantix. Unofficial, <laughs> yeah. unofficial sponsor. Hey, hell, my no, mom too, man. No, fucking real. Oh, yeah. Kevin's, I, Kevin's the one that told her to do it. 
Yeah, that's right. I thought it was yeah. the other way around. Yeah, you're it, right. You're the one that told her. If anybody's listening to this and they're taking any advice from me, uh, <laughs> I, in most cases, I would tell you not to. But when it comes to drinking and, and I think smoking, um, I mean, I've had it's so it's funny. Like my fucking dad smokes and he's 73, man. And it just bums me out and, and it worries me to no end. But um, and I, it's just like I'm all dude. just it's literally the easiest fucking thing. You take one pill in the morning and the very first day that I started taking it. I and I love smoking, man. I'd, he smoked I'd almost kill two a packs pack in a half a day. I was gonna yeah. ask you how many? Two? Almost two. Almost two. Uh, it was P funks, so I smoked Parliament lights. For, oh, that's right. But yeah. then, but then towards the end, I I started smoking Camel lights because they were fucking so much cheaper. Yeah. I mean, I was spending three hundred and I think three hundred and something dollars that's a month. Crazy how expensive. Yeah, that would, that would actually help me towards uh, towards the end. Like that help with booze too. Do you realize how much you were saving? From yeah, not dude. Drinking? dude. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so much more money in your pocket. Oh, there's so many benefits, but restaurant bills for us now are so much yeah, cheaper. Staggering. Good lord. Cheaper. But it was like this when he stopped smoking. At towards the end of him stopping smoking, he'd be like, "Babe, can you pick up a pack of cigarettes for me on the way home?" And I'd be like, no, like, I literally don't want to contribute to, yeah, to your cancer. To, yeah. to me smoking. But I'm telling you, when it do, if you guys, if people are smoke, struggling with smoking, especially cigarettes, I mean, Chantix was like, it was so easy. No, it wasn't easy, but I mean, it was you surprising. Said the first day. You, so you're going into the first day. You, <sighs> it you was, felt it? Yeah, but I mean, it was surprisingly easy relative to, to quitting drinking. What <laughs> did it taste like? It was like you hated the cigarette? That, yeah, that's the thing that was crazy about it. It was the ve- 45 minutes after I had taken the pill, I smoked a cigarette. And the ve- I don't know, anybody who's ever smoked cigarettes or smoked a, a um a stale c- cigarette that's what it tasted like immediately huh. so you can imagine how bad a stale cigarette tastes it tasted stale and every single puff it was like worse and so it started to taste bad and then you know after i think what i did is i decided two weeks after i took my first pill that was when i was going to stop that was my goal and i would just wean like you know i think i had like 20 cigarettes i remember him saying i just bought my last carton and then i remember him saying this is my last pack and not none of the times we ever made a big deal out of it i think he just needed to say it out loud he went this is my last carton i was like okay say in your head it doesn't count this is my spouse this is my last pack and i knew he meant it Uh. and then i remember the moment he came to bed and he looked at me and he goes i just smoked my last cigarette and kevin weller is nothing if he is not 100 percent on his word if he says he's gonna do something he's gonna fucking do it he has never once said i'm going to take out the trash and then didn't take it out <laughs> it may have been the next day that's a little smaller than drinking but and smoking he did. but, no. I, I, I but your as a husband I, as a husband i have to say when he's not if i ask him to do something it'll get done that's not the same thing if he says i'm going to do this it's done. Right. There is no questioning whether or not it'll happen. So when he said to me, I just smoked my last cigarette, I almost cried because yeah. one of our wedding vows was I will take care of myself both mentally and physically. Yep. And I wrote our wedding vows on purpose mm-hmm. because I wanted to make sure I put that in there so that it planted this little brain bomb that eventually went off in your head and made you realize that you needed to quit smoking so that you yeah. could live a long and healthy life with me. 
That's right. And again, I probably wouldn't have stopped smoking if it wasn't for you as well. Yay! But I mean, and that, that's the, I mean, you got to throw some strategy behind it too. Uh, I think you're very strategic. We're going to take a quick break because I have to pee. Oh. And when we come back, we're going to talk oh. about um, oh, strategies music. of uh, keeping yourself uh, happy and healthy in a long-term relationship. And we're also going to talk a little bit about our wedding and our honeymoon because they were fucking incredible. Are you seriously playing this? is incredible and you'll know why at the end we'll be right back Welcome back, fellow humans. Thank you for allowing us to utilize the facilities. Um, I wanted to just give a shout out real quick to my husband um, because over 15 million Americans are struggling with an alcohol use disorder. Um, And some statistics say that at least 50% of people relapse within their first year. Um, Once you get past your first year, the number exponentially goes down. And they say once you get past five years, (laughs) once you get past five years, um, the likelihood of you relapsing is about 12 percent. Yeah. Which is pretty great. And then for smoking, um, it is estimated that 75 percent of smokers want to quit. Um, oh, yeah, sure. 50% of smokers have made an attempt in the last year, and 7% of that 50% successfully quit smoking. So, wow. two of the hardest drugs to quit, also, both of these drugs, alcohol and tobacco, are in the leading causes of death in the United States because of health issues. So lung cancer, emphysema, COPD, and then with alcoholism, you have diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. Um, And we made a promise to each other when we got married that we would take care of ourselves. And I think that you have upheld that promise. And so um, you've tried. But yeah, you're not alone if you are in those um, percentages of humans who are drinking excessively and want to quit. Or if you are a cigarette smoker and you want to quit, I encourage you to do so. But as husband Kevin Weller would let you know, it literally won't happen unless you're ready. Both times you had to make that choice. It was not a choice that anybody made for you. Yeah. And, you know, not even your adorable wife who you love and cherish. No, no. You, but you might have helped a little. (laughs) (laughs) You have to have support. Uh, But no, to be honest, um, it's not everybody's way, but my way was to think about it with like a little bit of strategy. Like even that last cigarette that I had, I intentionally made it so my last cigarette was going to, like the last cigarette in my pack was going to be at night actually kind of like stretched them out that day because I realized that that was going to be the easiest way to smoke a cigarette before I went to sleep and then wake up the next day clean slate like so which one was harder quitting drinking or quitting smoking oh really drinking which one do you miss more 
oh well of course i'd rather i'd love to be able to drink because socially drink and also kevin and missed the ipa train robert thank fucking god <laughs> i yeah. hated ipas and seltzers okay, so does joe seltzers i don't i mean yeah i don't think i would be a seltzer guy or an Vegas, ipa guy dude. no i wouldn't because ipas were around obviously when i was well but, but not, not, not spindrift like man now. these trulies <laughs> taste like spindrift there's no booze in them you don't Actually, taste any booze in them. funny story kevin has accidentally drank like a, a sip times, of something times. a couple times like there was like, was about, mom, like a yeah. month ago <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, there was um fucking trader joe's makes a seltzer that's the same shape as a spindrift can so, and coloring and like same coloring like same lettering. lettering and the same shape so it's not the tall skinny it's the fat squat right and he took a sip of one and he was like ah oh no oh <laughs> that's not terrible i was like give that to me it was like 11 a.m and i'm like well i guess i'm drinking no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah but then one time that's happened a few times yeah one time his mom uh got beer from their neighbor because they were brewing beer across the street and she didn't have anything <laughs> to put it in so she put it in an empty apple juice jug and it was the same color and so kevin he, Came yeah, over. but they had two apple juice jugs of this freaking homebrew beer, and one was labeled beer, and the <laughs> other one was not. And I literally grabbed for the one, and I was like, "What's this?" And she's like, "Oh, it's homemade beer from you know the neighbors across the street." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And so I grabbed the one right below it that said apple in juice in front of my mom that just said apple juice and no beer, and she's literally having a conversation with me. So I pulled that out thinking to myself it well this is going to be apple juice because there's no label and b my mom knows that i'm sober <laughs> hasn't said anything to me as i'm pouring a glass and uh, i think that was a lot that was the first time that i actually it drank was. a sip and uh, like luckily i was like right by the sink and i went out in the sink and uh, i was like mom <laughs> wtf like what She's like, oh, yeah, that's beer, too, I think. And I was like, you think? And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, I have to drink the rest of the bottle, Mom. And she's like, You've she's ruined like, no. it. You've ruined my sobriety. I was like, I'm just kidding. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. uh, but no, for real, like, you are kind of a badass. You're kind of a superhero. Not many people can quit both. Honestly. Yeah, I think the reason smoking was easier for me is because I'd already, I mean, like, quitting drinking. I mean, I, I was throwing up. And I had the shakes for the months before we stopped. You couldn't sleep right for a year. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I remember when I it, got a job at Solid Landings and I told people who were alcohol addicts, I remembered how much you struggled with sleep and how much you were like, what is this? Because like you struggle. Oh, shit. You struggled with sleep yeah. for about a year. And more uh, than that. <laughs> and I told people, yeah. I'm like, that's probably the worst part is the sleep. You'll, you're going to yeah. you're going to feel the effects of this addiction for years. It isn't just yeah, but, like six months and you're good. But I mean, you know, to the the reward of not drinking anymore <laughs> outweighs all of the struggles so much. I mean, it's so much. Fuck, man, I would never go back to that. That you know, that's and that's another reason why I would never pick up a drink again. It's because I I don't want to tempt fate, even if there's the slightest chance um, yeah. that I could go back to that way. I don't. It's not worth it to me because you know things get better every year, every day that goes on. You know, everybody has ups and downs, but I yeah. mean, the ups and downs are they pale in comparison to how strong, how much worse they are when you drink right because you make dumb decisions and it causes depression and you know you end up saying and doing things that you normally wouldn't do and hurting people and so yeah 
it gets better. Yeah. A lot of bad stuff that comes along with quitting, but it gets better. But it's and and as you progress each year, the statistics of you relapsing go down over and over and over again. And Kevin Weller will have 12 years on January the 4th. And yes, that is very we don't really keep track like we're not super like I have seven million five thousand days like we know the year, but I think it's the fourth. Yeah, I think it's the fourth or the fifth, something like that. Um, And, you know, we don't really do like a whole lot to celebrate. I usually just tell you I'm proud of you, but, you know. It's all I need, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Always and forever. So um, we'll talk a little bit about uh, after you got sober, we decided to go camping more. Um, and camping kind of became our safe place, our refugee, like where we would go yeah. to recharge and get back to happiness and peace and being with each other and reconnecting. And a lot of these websites that I was looking at on how to maintain a long-term relationship, um, I looked at five of them. Three of them said to, uh, be active like get outside do something don't just sit on your couch and netflix like go out and do something whatever it may be try something new go to um go take a hike go to the beach go be in the sunshine with one another and camping was such a huge part of our relationship Mm -hmm. and you really find out a lot about a person when you go when you go camping with them yep. because where we go camping there's no bathrooms and um, you wash your dishes in a stream yep. and you sleep in a tent and you wipe yourself with wet ones so um, mm-hmm. it it really kind of brought us back to this like natural kind of a state of being together and you're with one another there's the only other person besides the bears that you're with so yeah. you kind of have to think of cool shit to do with one another and have conversations with each other got nothing nothing but time on your hand and time to think and reflect and um you know talk to your significant other that's there nobody else is there i think camping is probably of my favorite memories with you most of them include camping when i'm drinking right no and then once i stopped you're like god God, you're so annoying you're so boring yeah i agree so we got engaged while we were camping and there's a human in this room who took a video of that engagement mm. and there's another human in this room who called him and told him ahead of time that this was happening. So producer, I'd like you to go ahead and tell that story. Oh, is that me? Yeah, that's you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys would go to Yosemite all the time, like every year and mm-hmm. kept asking me to come and Finally, I, I we think love I, sharing camping with people. We love it. If you guys have never been to Yosemite, go to fucking Yosemite. It is a magical place. You, yep. you really don't understand it until you, you go there. It's did incredible. you cry the first time you saw? Did you get choked up? No. Yes, you fucking did. I don't think so. I, I mean, don't I get emotional. I don't, re- I don't ever remember Robert weeping. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> I do get teared up on stuff. I, I that is true, but I don't think I did that at Yosemite. But I did. I, I could see myself doing it, but um. It's so I think I agreed to come with you guys already. Yeah. And so I was already planning on. Then Kevin, yeah, called me on the side. I was like, hey, um, I really like your cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I know you do, man. And uh, I want to marry her. And so I was like, let's make a. Or did you want to. Did you want to make a video? You asked me to make the video. It wasn't my idea. Yeah. I, yeah. But see, you, that's why you called well, me. I, it was my idea to make the video, but it was only just to record it. 
just for their memory, it was your idea to make it a music video. (laughs) Like you made it like, and I told, and I, and I, and and I'll, I'll, I'll let you get right back to it. But I mean, I, the people that cried when they saw that. Oh my God. Oh, I, I'll tear up to that. Oh fuck yeah. That That, edited that thing. Yeah. That made, I, I've never seen so many girls cry watching that. You know, like, and it's so. Yeah, you 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 killed it, Mike. You hey, did. Thank you, Mike. You did kill it, Mike. And, uh, yeah, pretty good. I mean, I was already doing like I hadn't got into the video stuff like I am now. I was that was really like the first the video. first thing. I was like, oh, people like what I make. This yeah. Is, and so I was just telling Ashley, I'm just practicing and making cool stuff, and she, she was just going along with it. So having no idea. <laughs> so for for okay, so Kevin and I were together for eight years, and we had always told each other we wanted to marry each other. I knew I wanted to marry you the moment I met you. Um, I don't know when you knew you wanted to marry me, but it was probably a couple different times. Um, when did you figure out? Cause I picked out rings. I went ring shopping for myself at princess bridal, which is in Huntington beach. I picked out three rings, took three pictures, emailed them to Kevin and said, if you ever decide to propose, this is one of the three rings that I want. And this is where you can find them. The easiest. This is it was Good so move. easy. Yeah. It thank you. And I also said, if you ever propose, please take a picture of it. That's it. That's all yeah. I wanted. And I didn't say anything else. And then we never talked about it again. I never asked him when he was going to propose. I never assumed he was going to propose because what a fucking piece of shit are you if you expect <laughs> a fucking person to engage in a an act that may not be in line with what they have envisioned for their life. Like right. you don't get to expect that for someone else. I didn't even know if I wanted to get married. My mom had been married and divorced five times. My dad had been married and divorced three times. I mm-hmm. and, er, and married. Divorced twice, My married three times. Both been divorced. His once. parents had both been divorced once, and there is a statistics that says children who uh, have divorced parents are ninety percent more likely to get a divorce themselves. Dang. And one of the honest to God reasons I didn't want to get married, it was me. I didn't want to get married is because my mom had been divorced so many times and I didn't want to go down that path. It was so painful to watch. Right. I can imagine. We kept telling people we want to wait till we've graduated college. We want to wait until we're financially stable, blah, 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 blah. And neither of us wanted kids. We found that out in the first year of dating, I laid it out on the line. Yep. I said, I don't want fucking kids. So if you do get out now, well, cause you're that's the one not- for me. <laughs> I need to find more girls like you. Dude. Right. That's Fuck. what I'm saying. All Fuck. the girls on Bumble are either have kids already or they want fucking babies. God. I think, I think if I women were really, really honest with themselves, more women and I, you see it more and more, they don't want kids, but the societal pressure, mom, it's a hormonal grandma, thing. I think it's, Oh, I know. There's maternal instinct, of course. Yeah, 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 definitely. I get my maternal instinct from other shit, though. Honest to God. Like, I just filter it into other things because I know that I don't. It's there. For sure it's there. But I mean, you do it your husband. I know. Your husband is your kid. What What more than anything in the world, literally, it is the most humanistic thing in the world is to have have kids. What was your major in college, Kevin? Anthropology. Mm-hmm. So this is why he knows this. Yeah, but no, but I'll, I mean, no, but I mean, everybody can. If you just think about it, everybody gets. What do you do? You get married, have kids. Yeah, like that's life. That's what you do. Yeah. So I think in in reality, and I think more people are realizing this. I mean, my sister. Yep. My brother in law. They don't have kids. Yep. Our and aunt. It's, and it's funny because yep. my 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 dad would bring it up. He's he was like we were sitting at dinner one time, and he's like, uh, he's all yeah, you know, talking to my friend and. 
there I keep hearing over and over again, Terry, aren't you uh, aren't you sad you're not gonna you know have any grandkids running around because Kevin's not gonna have kids and Terry's not gonna have kids you're not gonna have any grandkids and he's all fuck no he's all he's all, I don't he's like that means I don't have to babysit yeah he's like that's, that's a great Dude, deal Terry Weller would be a great grandpa he but would. he would be so annoyed he be, yeah. he'd be no, so uh, I think it's I think like annoyed as fuck. no it's like old guys they say they don't and like they don't want a puppy and then they get a puppy and it's like sure the, I mean when you get a puppy it's great you see that kid it's like fuck that's kind of yeah. part kind of, of me. adorable it, yeah, yeah. I, it's it's true, but they uh, say that. But we were together for eight years, and um, we had talked about when we get married, and oh, when we're husband and wife. And I think we had even started calling each like, oh, this is my husband, because it just got really annoying to have to introduce him as my boyfriend when we were in our thirties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I graduated in June of 2013, but you had bought my ring before that. So when did you decide that that was the year you were going to propose? Oh, I, to be honest, I don't know the details of what, why, and where. I just remember, um, I had already graduated. Mm-hmm. With honors. Thank you. With honors. So yeah. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. You freaking like straight A. Shut up. Masters. Whatever. Straight A's through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she yeah, showed you. Yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Straight A's through your graduate school. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, let's not. I don't want to talk about her. Yeah, I know. Let's not talk about We'll talk about it, yeah. Um, Thank you, my love. But um, I, I don't, to be honest, I don't remember. Are, are you baiting me into? No, I don't okay. remember either. Right. I have no fucking much, clue. How much was the ring? Three months salary? Is that usually say ring? No, God, no. I didn't pick a ring that expensive. Are you kidding no, me? No, our, the, I mean, thank God our ring was very reasonable. I mean, I, I remember my sister, it may, I won't mention the price, but, um, the, I don't know the price. I mean, Ooh. holy shit. Sometimes when I hear the price of oh, yeah. rings and, it, and I'm like, and I'm like, dude, you could, f- that's a fucking down payment on a house. It yeah. is a house sometimes. In right. some places. Yeah. yeah. And it's and a so, car. And, and I mean, and, you know, whatever, different strokes for different folks. But I mean, th- putting that much value when I'm like, don't you want to put that 10, 15, eight, however many thousand dollars the ring is to like better use? I, but I mean, you know, like I said, different strokes my, for different folks. So for but the, I was like, for I would, the listener, my ring is flat, so it's like a band. So I have no stone that's up, coming up. I hate those. I can't stand them. I can't put my hand in my pocket. I can't do it. So my ring is a band. It's flat, but it has a leaf design on it with little baby diamonds. And then the ring that I picked out was white cubic zirconia, white diamonds. <laughs> but the ring that I received was yellow diamonds because he knows that my favorite color is yellow. So he changed the diamonds to yellow diamonds. So I have a really unique engagement ring for a couple of reasons. One, because it's flat and two, because it has yellow diamonds. Cause I'm the mm-hmm. sunshine. I'm everybody's sunshine. Yep. So you bought the ring you said around my birthday. Yeah. And you hid it in your parents' house. I did. And uh, who did you tell? Only my mom and my dad. Okay. But did you go, did you hit up Darren, Ashley's dad? For oh, so I'll, I'll, no, I'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, not when he bought the ring. Okay. But no, later. no, no. It was, it was literally the night before we went. Um, to Yosemite? Yeah. <laughs> I, you knew. You knew right before. Oh, I think okay. I told you. You knew before, and I, I told, knew before Darren? You knew before my yeah. mom. And then I told, and then and then I, uh, I think I left a message for. Wayne. <laughs> and then I was, and then we went into, into Sierra, or into the Sierras. And yeah. so I couldn't, you know, I, I, uh, I didn't get to tell. 
yeah, it was either Wayne or Darren. I didn't get to tell in person on the phone uh, because we didn't have. It's probably the so. last phone call you made to my mother ever. That is probably <laughs> true. That is, uh, yes, that is probably accurate. Um, and hopefully the last one. Wait, right, right, yeah. God damn it. And, and so, and uh, yeah, I told I told Robert, I was like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Uh, and, but, and he took it from there, which I was so grateful what for. What made man. you want to propose while we were camping? You bought it before my birthday. So you could have proposed on my birthday. You could have proposed at my graduation. I don't know when I decided to do it in Yosemite, to be honest. But I just, whenever, I mean, whenever the, that light bulb clicked, because I, I think I was probably just sitting for a couple months trying to go like, when are we going to do it? Like, when should I do it? What's the best place? Can I do it on the beach? Like it's a lot here. of pressure, man. Yeah, it's a lot is. of fucking pressure. I've never been engaged or even close, and that's something I dread. Like I've thought of ideas, like what am I going to do to propose? Like somehow, some way, I pull stuff out of my butt that <laughs> surprises me, and I was like, I was like, no, it, makes, honestly, where else would you have done it? There's nowhere right, else. Right. There's yeah, it, that, that represents was, us, right? Right. The, maybe the beach. I know she maybe. likes the beach or yeah, baseball exactly. game or something. But honestly, Yosemite is way better than all. Oh, of yeah. But you know, for the people that uh, that don't know, you know, the people that are listening, the to kind of paint a picture, I was like, what better way to do it in Yosemite, a place that we love so much, but to do it in front of a freaking waterfall? <laughs> and the waterfall and this was not intentional it just so happened because i thought of this it was going to be a rad place i pictured like we have a picture of where i took the picture or where we where i proposed it was it was a picture that we had on our wall it's still hanging there it's still there Which one? that's what kind of game by the bathroom oh. yeah and that's what kind of gave me the idea uh the the waterfall uh, in yosemite uh, is called bridal veil falls um no it's around the corner oh okay um Bridal, bridal veil, bridal veil, all the waterfalls. But the reason that I I decided to do it there was because it was in an open field with uh, these beautiful redwood um, sequoia trees coming up from behind in the backdrop. And then they in this one area, they're parted um, where you see the waterfall falling through the trees, not literally through the trees, but you can kind of get that that paint that picture where it frames the waterfall. In, in this field and I was and like that's picture, where it's going to be we take a picture there every year because it changes every year and we have right. specific spots in Yosemite that we take pictures at every single year and that's one of them so he knew if he said he wanted to take a picture in that spot I wouldn't have thought any differently and we woke up that morning and I wore my KCCO shirt keep calm and chive on mm. and these hideous hiking <laughs> shorts <laughs> and for the first time and the last time ever Kevin Weller said are you going to wear that and I was like, yeah, I yeah. fucking am. Yeah. Like, go fuck yourself, And she bro. said it, like, super, like, kind of, like, annoyed and, like, Because I'd never, like, he'd never questioned. And I was like, well, I was, I was excited for the KCCO because I was like, oh, maybe we could get on the chive. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe I could get something out of this. But we were taking you on a hike of the valley floor, Robert. We were yeah. taking you to see the valley yep. floor. And Kevin was like, oh, I got to bring this backpack. And I'm like, cool, it's got our stuff in it. And then... Um, we couldn't find parking and then the backpack was like with us and like the, I didn't know that the ring was in the fucking backpack. And the night before we left for camping, Kevin like checked his bag nine times. I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like <laughs> your socks are I packed, was nervous for bro. You, I remember waking up that day Jesus. knowing you were going to do it. And I was like, fuck Lindsay. I don't, I didn't know. Oblivious over You here. just, I think you kind of just said like, I'm going to give you the head nod. Like, I'm going to give you like, a thumbs up. Yeah. Or something. And I was like, I didn't know when it was coming up. Yeah. I, yeah. That's right. I was, I getting, ready, I was getting ready for like every good spot. <laughs> 
Yeah. That's right. I don't think I, yeah, I didn't really explain it much because I think in my, and I had friends and like other people that were like, Matt, you didn't tell me that you were, you know, doing this, but I was like, I kept this on the down low as much as I could because I wanted it. And I I think, t- yeah. And I could tell you were nervous. No yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude. Oh I, yeah. I could be too, man. I remember. Right. I didn't notice a thing. I knew. <laughs> I know. But you were looking at her and you're, you just, you knew what you were going to do, but didn't know what to do. Right. And then. <laughs> right. Once you did, it was yeah, really great, man. It's really adorable, and I think I want to find. I want to put the video back up so people can see it. You have it right because I got. I have it on hard copy. Okay, good. Put Uh, it on my. I I need to put it on my YouTube. You do. We can put it on. Well, you gotta be careful with YouTube because. It's got mute. It's got oh. fucking Coldplay music throughout. Well, but oh God, yeah, they might flag it. It's really good. We might be able to put it on Instagram. Maybe, 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 maybe. We'll, so yeah, we'll be able we'll to figure it out. We'll try we, to figure out a way to free. We're standing in this field, it. and Kevin's like, "Let's go take a picture." And I'm like, "Perfect. This is the spot. I always take a picture." Blah blah blah. So I walk out to the middle of the field, and Robert's like, "I'm gonna get some video for my movie." And I was like, "Okay, what do you want us to do?" <laughs> like standing there like an idiot, and he goes, "Just." Do something cute. And I was looking at Kevin because we're always cute. And I'm like, okay, do something cute. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, what are we going to do that's cute? And he gets down on one knee and I blew my fucking shit. I was like, what the (laughs) fuck are you doing? What is happening? Get up. If you're not serious, you need to get the fuck up. Like, holy shit. I think I said holy shit 10 times. I said, oh my God, so much. He had to calm me down. He's like, babe, I'm trying to do something right now. So if you could chill the fuck out, that would be great. I did not say that. No, he way. didn't. <laughs> he was, In your love language, he was saying it. He said, yes. baby, baby. And I was like, oh, I just God. kept saying baby. Man, I kept re-grabbing your hand because you kept... Covering my mouth. Covering your mouth. And I'd, I'd like kind of like try to lead your hand back down to my hand so I could hold it. Yeah. And you kept <laughs> wiggling it away. And so I'd have to kind of like... Get your hand I was, back I couldn't and kind of rain it back down. Couldn't believe that, it. So I can kind of like do Shocked. the whole. Yeah, I don't even remember what I said. I, I do. Would you like me to tell you? I mean, if you. I remember it word for fucking word. Ashley, I've loved you for such a long time. We do so many amazing things together. Mm. I think that's how it goes. No, nope. I said Ashley Lauren Jemison. Oh my God, you did. You used my whole name. <sighs> Uh, oh man! I'm oh gonna my blow god! It too. I know I am too. But you took your sunglasses off at one point and you said, "Will you be my wife?" Yes. No, I, I actually know word for word because I edited it. What I, did he know. say? He yeah. was like, "Hey, dude, uh, <laughs> bro, hey, bro, I, I kind of like love you. You want to spend the rest of my life, you know, with yeah. me?" And you were like, "Totally, bro. Totally, man." And that was it. And then we that was end. it. That was the end. The end. He, I do remember he said, "Will you be my wife?" And I kissed him and then i remembered in my head i was thinking in my head i was panicking because i was like oh my god this is happening this is happening and and this is it and you need to remember every second of this little did i know robert was videotaping so i mm. didn't have to remember <laughs> it because it's on film forever yep. but i remembered thinking to myself oh my god you kissed him and you didn't say yes and so i had to pull myself back away and i said nothing would make me happier than to be yours mm-hmm. yep and then you put my ring on my finger and i've never taken it off just that kidding. I almost dropped it on the garbage disposal the other day, and I literally almost shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, and I'm going to give myself some props. If you don't know they're getting engaged in the video, you just, the beginning part is just like these this cute couple going on hikes. A, a hikes and camping, and it's like a music video. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, <laughs> this yeah. guy yeah. drops one knee. That yeah. was, that and was. And the end is like, oh. Yeah. I, I don't think the video could have been put together better oh, and i i don't either yeah, it was it was so funny too because when we first got there you know i told her all i had said is hey i just film it just 
so we got the memory, you know? And so it was funny cause Robert started to, you know, while we were going on walks and hikes, you know, going to waterfalls prior, you know, I think we were there like a day or two. Mm-hmm. I just got my GoPro. <clears throat> yeah. 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 And so you're taking all this video footage and you're like, you're like, oh, yeah, I just I um, and re- remember, like I was we were so secretive about it. Like I didn't want to talk to Robert about anything <laughs> because I didn't want <laughs> Ashley to get any idea or like, I am a nosy fuck. Ro- oh, yeah. To the like I said, when, I didn't know when he was going to do like I was literally like waiting. no one. The right. all, And the funny thing is we drove in separate cars up there and I talked to my mom the whole ride up there and not once did she mention it. And, you know, I have to actually give her props because she could have ruined it. Yeah. And I can't believe she didn't. And she not see her. She it. did not even yeah. give it away. Not even in a question like, are you expecting anything? Because she yeah. usually would be like that. But right. I had no clue it was happening. And in the video, you can tell because I fucking freak the fuck out. But <laughs> we decided this is another lesson for people. Fuck what anyone else wants you to do for your wedding because so Agreed. many people told us to get married in Orange County. It's easier. Get married in Orange County. Find a fucking place to have it. I searched for months, six months, I looked for a venue that was under $10,000 <laughs> in and around Orange County. Nope. It didn't exist. They do not. It didn't exist at all. And I didn't want to get married in someone's backyard because what a fucking burden. And I was at one point and like, it's not cool. Sorry. And it's not cool. Sorry, yeah, it's, it's, sorry, Linda. it's not. It's not really. It's, it's not. It's not my fave. No. I don't want to do Unless it. Unless your uncle owns like some huge piece of property that's like right, a winery, crazy. Yeah. like a fucking winery. But like Nana's house is really nice, but that's not, still no, not, not, yeah. not no, nice enough for a wedding. No. Yeah. So we'd always said we wanted to go back and get married in Yosemite, but a couple of people had tried to talk us out of it. And then uh, we'd been engaged for about seven, eight months. It was January. February and we went again. Remember, we weren't in any hurry. No, we were like just untraditional as you could be. We're just like we'll figure it out. We'll and this is you know, we'll we'll figure out what we're gonna do when we figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, I I actually had said I wanted to be engaged for two years because I wanted to be uh, dating for ten years before we got married. So we had a long time to plan. But we were in Mammoth and there was no snow that year. It was a very bad drought year. That's right. And we went on a walk around Lake Mary. And uh, we found this uh, abandoned, not abandoned, but like cabin that no one was staying in. And we went and walked up the stairs and we were looking at the frozen lake. And I looked at you and I said, I don't want to get married anywhere except the Sierras. And you said, good, me neither. And I was like, perfect. If people don't want to come, fuck them. Yep. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what we said. (laughs) And and we called like, and then we hit a blunt and and then we took a walk back and we came home and we invited all of our friends out to dinner and we said, this is our plan. We'd like you to be involved in the wedding and um, it's going to be in Yosemite. So if you want out now, you got to tell us because in about six months, we're going to make reservations for next year. So get, get on board. Took a year to make these reservations. Um, Luckily the national parks, um, are very accommodating as long as you do things in a timely fashion. And we got to get married in Yosemite National Park, which yep. not many people can say that they did. And I don't know about you, but I kind of feel like Yosemite is part of our marriage. Like oh, yeah. getting married outdoors underneath El Capitan at 10 a.m. with the ducks and the stream and the Merced <laughs> and the people and having our friends and family there like was one of the most magical moments of my entire life. Oh, totally. And I and it's very cliche to say, oh, my wedding was the most magical. No, our wedding, wedding really was. was. fucking dope. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty Robert, rad. you've been to a lot of weddings. What do I you have. Um, 
Yeah, your guys is okay, I guess. Wow. <laughs> no, it was, I mean, the backdrop couldn't have gotten, I mean, fucking El Capitan was right. I'm looking at the photo, right? Anyway. I'm staring at the photo, it's yeah, photo. It's, yeah. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> but it, yeah. it was magical, and uh, we got 65. I've been to some, like, big traditional, like, church, sure. big weddings that are fucking awesome, but you guys had that in a field. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like with a waterfall. Literally, like, yeah, everyone dressed up in their, you know, suits and everything. We still could have been in a church. Yeah. yeah it was a church of yeah. sorts. Six Kevin and I aren't really religious, and so nature is our church. That's Amen. really where we yep, go yep. to get grounded, and that's kind of who we rely on is nature and earth and and you know, the elements, the sun and all that good stuff. And so getting married outdoors in nature's cathedral was really kind of the best possible way for us to sort of like show our love to one another and our family we really yeah. made it about the people we invited we were very selective of who we invited and we we made it a week-long adventure we told people this is a vacation with a wedding in the middle so plan for it that way financially yeah. and time-wise and we went on hikes and we took everybody to see the really important sites in yosemite and we gave tours and talks and went rafting and then we fucking tied the knot and then we had a huge fucking party and yep it was the best, and it was on the summer solstice, which is the yep. longest day of the year, which I did on purpose. Oh, I know. <laughs> so yep. I wanted my wedding to be on the longest day of the year, yep. and it was um, 105 degrees and perfect. <laughs> and also on Father's Day weekend. Yeah. All the planning and preparation. Two and years we of. we freaking yep. boneheaded that. Yep. And Busiest weekend the of the year. That it was Father's Day weekend in Yosemite. Yeah. So sorry to all of our friends. Sorry, and guys. That endure that. Honestly, sorry. I, the first time you guys took me, I think <coughs> it seemed busier to me than the when we went. Oh, no. It's I know. There's a lot, I remember a lot of yeah. people being there, but. But I'm glad that, that you drowned. It kind of drowned out the yeah. that noise. Drowned out. Yeah. Yeah. The that, distraction. That, being that didn't in even the cross wedding. my mind. About yeah. the people there. Being in the wedding. Do you remember anything that stood out to you as like an awesome part of that day? Um, I mean, other being other Pressure. than being. I know. I'm just uh, put you on the spot. Um, no, I think you guys did a great job. I mean, th- trying to get everyone to this weird spot, and God, it takes six hours I to have get there. Some people were staying. I stayed outside the park with my parents at like a RV camp, so it took us like 30 minutes just to get in. Yeah, yeah. and some it people was stayed in. Logistically, and was and there was th- there was three fires that year that were blocking roads, and there that, was people from week. out of that week, and there's three. Uh, people from out of the country. There's people from out of state. Um, people stayed at the hotel we were staying at. People stayed at other hotels. There was people in RVs. And yeah, it was logistically. And we planned the whole thing ourselves. There was really not a lot of like outside help. We did it like all that kind of stuff. But what what would you say your favorite part of that weekend was? Uh, I thought that I, what was really cool to me about the way we were able to set everything up was um we made it like you know every day there was something to do and something to see and a way to spend time with us and each other and friends and family so that was a really cool part was being able to get like the first day it was like our wedding party got up there so like we went down to the stream and it was a really uh it was kind of a drought that year so the stream was warm and it was shallow and we went like rock jumping. Yeah. And like we're jumping into like the, these the, little pools, yeah, these little, little tide pools. pools. <laughs> and it was so much fun because it was just all like the, the close friends and yeah. like 
you know, a couple cocktails and, you know, just hanging out and relaxing and enjoying each other's company. Um, and then, you know, the next day was, you know, more family came up and each day it just kind of built into this crescendo where like, you know, we were going up to Glacier Point and, you know, I mean, imagine getting like 60 something people to go up to Glacier Point and it's to watch the stars come out. Right. And, you know, to the, the sunset and, you know, over, you know, the valley and seeing, all the, the, the lights from the valley glowing from below and all the campfires and stuff like that. I mean, I just thought that was such a cool experience to, to have all the people out. You know, like you have all your friends and family, you know, every wedding, right? For the, yeah. mo- for the most part. But Steve Carson and Ashley Maldonado who yeah. were up there for that. And Kenny and Christina, your neighbors who were up there for that. And then uh, just having like so like people from my high school, Claire, who is yeah. uh, from my high school, came to see us. And Danielle and David, who now take their kids to Yosemite that every was, year. That's also one of my big, uh, the cool memory is that uh, uh, new memories that our people are forming because they're going up there because of our wedding. Yeah. Because they were like, like, this place is amazing. Again, if you haven't been to Yosemite, you need to fucking go. Yep. Um, Okay, so moving on from weddings, because weddings are a great time in life, but uh, many relationships, as I've said, um, husband and I have been together for almost 16 years, so we have seen our fair share of difficult times, um, hard times, whether it be because one of us is sick mentally or physically, whether it be because financially we're not stable, or it's because, you know, one of us is not pulling our weight as a good spouse. And a lot of these websites had the same thing to say over and over again. So I'm going to read a couple to you. And because I've never done this to you before, I actually don't know the answers to this, but I would like you to tell me how important this uh, aspect to you is in our relationship, not any relationship, but you and I, I feel like in this last year, especially during COVID, like COVID has had, we haven't really talked about COVID on this, uh, on this show very much, but it has affected people in astronomical ways, ways that are going to be studied for years to come. Mm -hmm. Um, there's going to be a lot of divorces because of this year. And that really makes me sad because I feel like this year you and I have gotten closer than we've ever been. Agreed. Um, I feel, I think we've both grown and both have learned to speak our truths and be responsible for our own happiness and to, um, say something when we need something right. rather than hold resentments and expect the other person to understand what we're trying to say. Agreed. And I want to know what your opinion of these, these are the ones that I've compiled that at least three of the five sites mentioned. Are you ready? Being honest. Am I rating? I'm sorry. Am I rating? So how important is that to you in a relationship? Uh, Am I putting a number on or I'm just discussing? Just telling me. I think, well, what did I, I think that was one of the things that we've, when we first started dating, I told you, I was like, if we're going to do this, it's, it, it might be painful with some of the honesties that we will, or the things that we'll be honest about. But I think in the end, it'll make us stronger because you know, there's no reason for us to hide a skeleton early on that's going to end up hurting us later on. Now, you also have to keep in mind that not everybody can handle that. So yeah. don't hear this if you're you in a relationship and say, hey, by the way, hun, I've been in like three ways and stuff like that. And through high, like I did a lot of that, you know, with your friend, with your friend, like, don't be that like brutally honest. But what I'm saying is, is like, I told her, you know, if like 
you know, you're going to ask me about a girl that I'm going to go hang out with. I'm not going to lie to you if we've hooked up or mm-hmm. if, um, you know, there's I was actually something. roommates with a chick that he hooked up with. And I knew that before she became my roommate. But I chose to be her roommate because he told me, hey, we hooked up and she wasn't good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, all right. So I hit it and quit it. <laughs> but no, I, but I mean, in, 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 re, in all, in being totally honest was, I think one of the reasons that we've made it as far and as, uh, you know, as been as close and as strong as we've been because, um, I mean, I think all relationships should be based on honesty and if they're not, then you're kind of fucked, fucked from the start. Um, our pizza's here, Robert. Will you go get it? Uh, check in on your relationship. So a, a bunch of different sites had this kind of, it's already done. A bunch of this uh, of these sites had the same kind of thing to say. Check in on your relationship. So make time, not to like set aside time for one another, but to check on how your relationship is doing. And I think you and I struggled with that for uh, the cu- first couple of years of our marriage, mm-hmm. we sort of just let those things kind of slide. One of us would get frustrated at the other one. We wouldn't yeah. really say anything. And checking it, I, I actually had him set a reminder on his phone because I struggle with anxiety really badly. And I had Kevin set a reminder on his phone to check in with my anxiety once a week because my anxiety can lead to some pretty horrific conflicts between the two of us. Um, and checking in with your partner Um, to me is a really big deal because your partner might be struggling with some things mentally or physically. Um, and it's not always about you. And so a lot of these ones said, check in with your partner and check in on your relationship. So what do you think about that aspect? Well, I think that was one of the things that we, we got much better at as we, um, have grown in our relationship. And I think it saved our relationship. I don't think, in 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 my in my opinion, I'm and this is just me. I don't think there's been any one point in our relationship that I've ever been like, "This is it. I'm fucking done." No. Um, to be totally honest. No. <coughs> um, but I mean, I definitely, until this podcast, right? Until, podcast, <laughs> until today. Until she's like, "Wow, there's been a dozen times when I felt like oh, geez, I'm out of here." Re-examine this. But um, it's definitely definitely been times where I've been like. Oh my God, I'm so frustrated. Um, you know, on both, and I'm sure <laughs> to speak for both of us. Um, but I mean, so the checking in and, you know, kind of figuring out where one another is, I think it, we've gotten to the points where the fights or the non fights. Oh, those are the worst. God, the, the worst. Because we're not checking in with one another. We're not speaking. Oh, it's so awful. Those are the worst times. And then they end up kind of boiling over. And 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 then then I'm mad at socks. Stupid little things. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. The little thing. All of a sudden, we're in a big fight about who knows what it was. But really, it's an underlying issue that's been covered. Yeah. Over and over again. Yeah. And it's then uh, checking in, they say, it's so many different levels. You can set a date to check in. Check in once every six months. Check in with a therapist. Do a a tune-up, as they say. Go to therapy once a year just to check in on everything and make sure everything's living up to your uh, ideals. Um, And then understanding and being able to change. So how... uh, So being not malleable, malleable, but being willing to admit fault as a human being and yep. then accept that something you're doing might need to change in the relationship for that relationship to grow. Right. 
What do you have to say about that, sir? <clears throat> Excuse me. Sorry. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that's paramount to admit. I think that's one of the things you got to kind of swallow your pride because I think most of the times I've realized that maybe I'm wrong. When we get <laughs> Sometimes, Sometimes maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, it's it's really difficult to swallow your ego and yeah. to tell yourself like, hey, I made an error. I I read into a situation. I made an assumption. I um I did something that was stepped out of boundaries and mm -hmm. I, I apologize for that. And, and being able to apologize and being able to change from that apology are huge in this, uh, in being in a relationship. It's something that you have to, to really focus on. Um, celebrating the small things was another thing that they said. So making sure that you celebrate your partner, making sure that you take time to um, enjoy. Celebrate celebrate your wife's booty that's what you that's the those are the things you celebrate, celebrate my booty every day that's those are the things like that's the important things little things like hey your biceps look nice today mm -hmm. or hey your hair looks really good today or just a second ago when he was bragging about me because i got all a's in my masters like really supporting your partner and being their number one fan i can't tell you how yeah. many times i've heard people complain about their spouse and how much i want to fucking hit them yeah like yeah it's really sad to me yeah i think and it that breeds just it's like a vicious cycle when you start yeah. complaining about to your friends and your family about how much you dislike your significant other because i think at that point there might be some some other issues that yeah. um need to be addressed yeah but yeah lastly they all say to take responsibility for your own happiness so you bring yeah. me so much joy um i can't wait to get home and be with you i have to talk to you like seven times a day um i love calling you in the middle of the day and hearing your voice and just seeing what you're doing and it's always the same thing and that's fine because it's amazing and then i get home and you're here, and I am so fucking grateful that you're here. Don't even... <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> My God. But you have to uh, find a way to make yourself happy and yeah. develop habits and behaviors and um, healthy mental uh, outlets for yourself because my happiness isn't shouldn't be determined by your happiness. And that's something that I personally have struggled with. When you aren't happy, I take that on as something that I'm doing wrong or I need to fix. Yeah. When in reality, we are responsible for our own happiness and the, the happiness that you give to me is just a bonus. Um, can you speak to that, sir? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it, I think you, you take on a lot when you are in a relationship, you take on, um, you know, the other person's pain, their heartache, you know, you also take on their triumphs and their victories. And, um, so sometimes it's, um, you know much more healthy to 
figure out what works to make yourself happy. Um, but then there's that, then there's that horrible question of, am I being selfish? Like, am I doing too many things that make myself happy and I'm right. completely ignoring my spouse? Right. And it's, and there you go. There's a, it's so it's like a fine line, you know, and it doesn't have to be a fine line. You just got to be balanced. Yeah. You know, do you think we have it? Did we find it? I mean, right now. Marriage, man. <laughs> marriage. I think we're good at it. Yeah. I think we're pretty good at it, but marriage is hard. I want everyone out there to know that this isn't easy. It's not, you don't sit around and are lovey dovey 365 days a year. Mm. There are days that are hard. There are days that are annoying. There are days that are frustrating. And you choose to keep going because you know that that's your person. Mm. And you, uh, there's no one I'd rather go to Malta with or Greece <laughs> with or Italy with. There's no one I'd rather sit on the couch with. And the hard times never outweigh the good times. And you have to be on the lookout for those good times and not dwell in the hard times because they will happen. You have to be prepared. You have to have expectations that are realistic and know that there are going to be moments when your spouse is going through depression. There are going to be moments when your spouse is going through anxiety and you have to be able to stand by them and take the brunt and take the load for a while. And there are going to be times when you annoy your spouse because you're in a bad mental place and you can't handle the dishes that are piling up or the fact that they haven't been home at 6 p.m. every day you really need to find the good and mm -hmm. search for the happy and choose the joy do you have any other uh words of wisdom for people before we play our 69 game no but i would just say you know be honest and make sure that you know you are making sure that you're paying attention to your loved one and giving them the love and attention that they need and in the language that they understand in the language that they understand exactly yay i love you i love you mate you're handsome <laughs> you're beautiful <laughs> you want to play a 69 game yes yeah all right kevin weller on this show we play a game called the 69 games <coughs> 69 games excuse me excuse me singular i ask you as many questions as i possibly can in 69 seconds. Kevin Weller. Short answers. And you, if Short you can't answers, think of something, quick. skip it. Okay, go. You're going to keep track of the... You ready? I'm, I'm keeping track on my okay. finger. I'll Are you ready timing. to 69? Yes, I am. <laughs> okay, go. What was the name of your first car? Subaru. What's your favorite sandwich? Uh, turkey. When you die, what do you want to be remembered for? Rock and roll. Biggest turn on? <laughs> uh, but... Biggest turn off? Uh, elbows. When did you lose your virginity? <laughs> Thirteen. Uh, are we alone in the universe? Uh, I hope so. Sun or I snow? Mean, I hope not. Uh, sun. Android or iPhone? iPhone. When was your first French kiss? Eleven. Have you ever had a one night stand? Yes. Have you ever cheated? No. Would you rather ride a bike everywhere for a year or give up social media for a year? Uh, bike. Have you ever faked an orgasm? No. Biggest celebrity crush? Um, Jesus. Jesus? <laughs> have, Jesus. You ever, Jesus. Have, have you ever sent nudes? Yes. Call or text? 
Uh, text. Thing you're most proud of. Uh, Ashley. Ashley. Stop it. Uh, <laughs> quitting drinking. Favorite right. animal. Uh, dog. Favorite plant. Weed. Three, two. What's your favorite body one. part? Penis. Damn All right. it. <laughs> Twenty-three. And that's been the sixty-nine game. <laughs> Twenty-three. That's pretty All good. Right. That's pretty good. If you're in the twenties, that's pretty good. That's pretty okay. good for the twenties. That he's not wrong. So the statistic earlier of the day was how much of a percentage, uh, if you get married after the age of twenty-five. Um, what is the likelihood that you'll get divorced? And Kevin, you said 60%. And Robert, uh, it goes down by 60%. Robert, you said 75%. It's actually only 24%. But it does reduce the divorce rate. The older you are when you get married, um, the least likely you are to get divorced. Mm -hmm. Um, They also say that you are most likely to get divorced in the first three years. Um, You are least likely to get divorced between years three and five. The risk goes back up between years uh, five and eight, and then it goes down beyond that. It just keeps going down far and far and far. We're already at 16, so not married. Yeah. But, like, I kind of combined them. Feels like it. Like, when... Been married, yeah. It feels like we've been married that whole time. Right, yeah. And at the same time, it still feels, like, new. Yeah. Yeah. It's important. I love you a lot, mate. I love you, too. I really appreciate you coming on my show. and well, Thanks talking. for having me. Yeah, finally. You're my person. You're my person. You're so cute. All right, yeah, let's not. Let's, let's end this show. We got pizza. I can there smell you. it. I know. I'm starving. I'm so hungry for pizza. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks, y'all. Listening to our story. Uh, please remember to check us out on Instagram at What's Your Position Podcast. Make sure that you are listening wherever you get your podcasts, telling your friends about us. Um, there's an episode for everyone. Um, please remember that your significant other is only human. They're going through things just like you are. They deserve your love and your attention, and they deserve to have you know their love language and use it regularly. That's your person. You should have their back, and they should have yours. I wish nothing but goodness for you and all your relationships. Kevin Mark Weller, I love you for all of my sunsets. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy. What's Your Position podcast and its social media websites represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for the educational and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast and website are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or corrections of errors. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy.